How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast. I'm your host, Josh or Jay Moskers. Uh, episode 162. We had a special three anniversary one. It seems like we only recorded it last Friday, which is because we did. Um, special guest this week, Alexander Wolf, writer, podcaster, genius, some would say, I imagine. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me and uh, dealing with some weirdness on the front end as we're getting all set up. You're a you're a very kind host for this podcast. I appreciate you having me here. Try to be happy to have you here. Happy to talk. Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do? Before we Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a writer, uh, podcaster, uh, artist, I suppose. Uh, kind of based out of the Midwest right now. Um, over the last couple of years, I've gotten into some longer form, like fictional podcast stuff, uh, almost in the style of like an old radio play or something like that. Uh, the, the first effort in that vein was a, a post-apocalyptic sort of fun thing called Voices from the Umbra. And the most recent project with a wonderful writer working out of New York City named Monty Montalegre is called Ink the Podcast, just sort of a a sci-fi jaunt through the universe in a, in a darkly comedic sense. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, I was listening to that earlier. It, I do like the, the like sound of it, like the, just the kind of theme going on, the mood being set. Very that's nice great. Song. That's, that's excellent. We, uh, you know, it, it's sort of a, a new ish medium for all of us. So mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff is just like, well, we're, we're trying to get a, a vague sound that we can hear in our heads, but it's kind of hard to, to figure out how to translate that into actual uh, boots on the ground product. So I'm, I'm glad to see that some of that is coming through. You're one of the first people that ever hear it. So thank you. I'm, I'm glad if you want me to take credit for it, I'm happy to do so as well. Absolutely. Any, any <laughs> success we have from now on is exclusively because of you and you can quote me yeah, on that. <laughs> we were talking right before we started recording about guesting on other people's show. Like you were mentioning how and I, I appreciate it. Uh, you said I was very polite for bearing with you. I'd mentioned how I'd been on other shows before and had to do a lot of the work for them. And that's always, it's, it's, it's super entertaining. I don't understand why you would think you'd want to make it as like accessible as possible, where it's like, you're coming on my show, you know, as you know, you're promoting your stuff, but you're also helping me promote mine. It's just a, you know, give and take, just, I'm here to try and make it as relaxing as possible. The idea that like, I'd like you to come on my show and do the work for me. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very sort of strange, isn't it? It'd be like showing up for a TV interview, and then mm-hmm. you're also, right before you go on, they're like, okay, if you could plug in all the cameras really quick, and then we have a bunch of sort of like extras in the background, they're going to come on for a later thing. If you'll give them sort of a speech to get them all jazzed up and if everything. you could write their lines for them real quick, that'd be great. Exactly. And then if you could send stuff over to the production people, and lunch is at or we usually get it delivered, so that's going to be your job today. Yeah, I'll take a coffee as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I see. I, I appreciate you uh, being willing to come on and make it just like you know make everything easy for your guests and everything because that makes it easy for me to do what I want to do, which is mm-hmm. to come on here and just give you a hundred percent unbridled intensity and honesty for whatever whatever questions you got for me and whatever we're discussing. Yeah, happy to have you. Um, yeah, that you on Reddit, you'd send me over like a link to like all the stuff you're interested in that you talk about and everything like that. Before we dive into the deets, the, the details of everything, what got you started on like writing in general, creating content? Uh, is there I've a been specific lucky. thing where you're like, this is a project I want to work on? 
Oh yeah, I, I've been sort of in the in the theatrical realm for a while since high school, and uh, in college, I actually got a, a BFA in acting before sort of turning to the writing world. So I've been around the creative zone for a very long time, and eventually, I was. This sounds very selfish, and I'll admit that right up front. But I was acting in these roles and stuff, and I was and I was loving them. I was loving the stories You're and everything. Carrying it right. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No. Yeah. And, uh, eventually I was like, but, but the shows aren't saying the things that I want to say, like the, mm-hmm. there are certain bits of it that you can connect to within the characters, but the overall show wasn't hitting the artistic thing inside of me that made me want to participate in it. And then eventually I discovered writing. And again, is there a more selfish thing really than like writing a play or whatever? Um, Because it's just, it's all, it's all you. It's basically, you know, coming from an acting world, it's me as an actor going like, well, I think I should play every character at once (laughs) and the stage directions and have some sort of back end on like what the director should probably do that I could put in the margins. Maybe I'm just a control freak. (laughs) It is interesting, like, even from, like, a podcasting perspective for me, like, my whole thing is, like, I try and do my very best to just give the guests the floor, let them talk about whatever it is they want to talk about. And to me, my job is to sit here and just be, like, assisting and leading the conversation in a way where it just flows naturally. And, what made uh, you want to do that? What What makes you want to be the person that's the catalyst for others talking about things they like? Uh, I... I guess the the broad you know view of it is like I just like creating content, so I don't need to be the the center of the attention for it. Uh, I just I like I like the idea of like knowing like oh I, I was able to work on this and and make this a thing. Not that it's my creation necessarily. If that makes sense, but it's like like even if hypothetically, let's say I work on a TV show, right? I can uh-huh. be like as a writer, I could be like nobody's gonna know who I am, right? And like the general audience is not gonna know who I am if I'm writing for a TV show, but I, I know in the back of my mind, like, Oh, I helped make this people enjoy this. And I was able to help like this actor got bigger roles because of what we were able to do. Like, that's the sort of thing I enjoy. I like using my own skill set to help others, you know, put their best foot forward and, and grow. Absolutely. Plus you just get to, Ooh, I don't know. There's a, there's a real magic that happens when you're working on a project and you realize that everybody else is working on the project instead of working mm-hmm. for themselves. Yeah. Um, that, that's one really beautiful thing about the, the team for Inc. The Podcast that Monty and I have been able to assemble. Um, we're incredibly lucky people in that we have obviously gone to school with and know so many mm-hmm. just incredibly talented actors that we would never have the, the chance to work with outside of this and so from that pool we were also able to choose people that we thought would really dig this production that we're doing and we're able to put out the level of content that we're able to put out because i I don't think we have a single person in our production that's like i'm doing this for me they're they're all really focused on 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 the story that we're trying to create and it's a I, I really respect them for that. And I'm, I'm just as somebody who's trying to kind of lead the thing uh, with a, a single other person, it's it's a very humbling experience to have people that are willing to do that for you with mm-hmm. their amazing talents. 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of what we do too behind the scenes is like helping people start their content platforms, be it YouTube, Twitch, uh, just even like social media platforms in general. Like I work in marketing full time as my full time job. And oh, so God like bless you. having Holy those cow. <laughs> is, uh, is super helpful as far as like working with small people. Like there's a lot of people I, I go on Reddit a lot for uh, uh, small YouTube channels, YouTube startups. I forget what they're all called. There's a bunch that are very similarly worded. And it's just people trying to get like a YouTube channel started. I love going in there and I'll like DM people and I'll be like, hey, you know, I uh, I work in marketing. I'd be happy to get your YouTube channel up and running. I can't promise you like overwhelming success, but I can help you understand how it works, how like the SEO behind it works and the keywords and things like that. And like, I like doing that. I like helping people get their branding up and running. There's a whole nother language that you have to be able to speak, which is the background of this internet production thing that we're trying to mm-hmm. work within. Money, um, yeah. Just the, the 12 acronyms that you just threw out there, you know, are things that I'm, I'm trying to throw up the, the first podcast that I was doing. And I'm like, how did, how do you actually like have a website show up on Google? Like there's never mm-hmm. a question that I had to ask before. There's a lot and, that goes into it. There's so much it's there's reasons that people who do that well get paid a lot of money and are headhunted to do that. It's an incredibly specific skill set that is incredibly needed right now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I. I I started working in marketing four and a half years ago, a little bit over. And uh, yeah, going into it, I had no experience in it at all. And so I just, I show up and I'm just like, all right, let's see what, what I got to do. And I, I worked more in the sales aspect of it at the time. And, uh, it's like, oh, okay. So it's, you know, you obviously it has to look nice. It has to be something people are going to be searching for in the YouTube aspect is what I'm referring to at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so you got to have something that's going to draw people in naturally. Right. But then you have to type in like the tags that you enter in, in the, you know, in the video uploader. It's like, okay, put in relevant tags that do relevant to the video but they also have to be general enough that people are going to naturally want to type that into YouTube or Google or whatever. But then it's like, okay, but now like you're, you're going to want to include those tags in the description of the video. Uh, you're going to want to try and include some of those in the title as well. If you can, uh, you know, make it all natural, but it also has to, you know, be cohesive throughout to make sure that, you know, you're hitting all the different, uh, contact points, so to speak, that you can, you know, the thumbnail is important. Uh, and then promoting is important. You know, it's just, there's so many aspects of it that goes into it. There's, yeah, there's two different audiences that you're working for. On, on one hand, what I'm hearing you describe there is essentially you're working for an audience of almost algorithms. You're working, yeah, yeah for an audience of uh, computers making if-then statements behind the scene. And that's mm-hmm. such a weird thing to have to do. Because it's almost the the direct opposite to what I see a lot of the content being, where mm-hmm. once you actually get to the content, you can't have that nonsense, the the crap that's just begging sort of like for views and stuff. I mean, unless you're yeah. you, to throw out stereotypes, unless you're a, a young woman with a large breasts and are kind of willing to show a lot of cleavage or something, you're not going to get a whole lot of like random clicks and stuff. So when you actually get somebody to watch your stuff 
it's got to be real at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's such a 180 from all the marketing stuff we're talking about as well. It, it's very difficult for me personally to wrap my mind around. It's why you see a lot of, if you go to like any big YouTubers channel uh, and you know, it's just whatever, I don't, you know, whatever content you want it to be, you know, you might see a bunch of tags in there that are super relevant to the content and you might see like one or two that are completely like out of left field and you're trying to figure out what they have to do with the content. And it's, you know, it's like, okay, we're trying to grab everyone, you know, from our main audience, get people that are super relevant to the content so that they stay here. They actually want to watch it and maybe they subscribe or whatever and, you know, keep coming back. But then you're also reaching for like that audience as like just happens to be searching for something else. You have enough views and subscribers that you're pulling up for like a relevant keyword that somebody else is searching for and they just kind of get dragged in mm -hmm. it's, it's a weird dynamic but then like you said like the content itself you know isn't as not mainstream but the actual content is more authentic than you would suspect just from the tags alone that's yeah because dynamic. that's the that's the real reason theoretically that a lot of these people are doing it especially i mean even even smaller creators who are trying to learn the marketing and trying to blow themselves up and everything like that I, I think at the core of that, there really still is this human kernel uh, of something that just wants to say like, hey, I'm here, I'm creating something. Please just like accept that I'm creating something and accept that I'm a human being, please. It's like uh, if you ever try and Google like a recipe or something and people always complain like, oh, why they have all this text before the actual recipe and you have to click on the jump to recipe to go down. The whole point of having all that text in there and all that nonsense is literally just so the recipe pops up at the top of like your Google search results. It uh -huh. is nothing but keywords, like relevant, you know, descriptions and things like that. It is nothing but, you know, optimized text to, you know, pop up, just increase the, the SEO score to get it to pop up at the top of the Google search results. It is. Yeah. I don't know. It's insane. It's it's a weird game we're all playing right now, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, we're, we're in this weird, I mean, I love writing sci-fi because I feel like I'm in a science fiction story right now. Like, yeah. on my maybe more out there days, I'm like, we might be one of the last generations. Like, I'm talking, like, within four to six generations, we might be one of the last that are physical instead of digital, like we we might be one of the last generations that are actually walking around and experiencing life through our actual physical bodies instead of like almost a matrix sort of a thing where you plug yourself in, are taken care of, and you get to live sort of this virtual life. It, I mean, you can even see it sort of with uh, like films and I'll use like Marvel films for an example, you know, every little aspect of those films is literally down to a science. It, they're designed to be the most marketable films they possibly can be where it's like, all right, this scene, you know, how many, what characters are we going to have in that? And it's why you see all these sh like group shots of all like the main characters staying together and whatnot. It is designed to be like, all right, all these characters staying together. People are going to love this. You know, they, they get all get to feel like their character is one of the main ones and stuff like that. It is uh -huh. all just a, an absolute science. And it's kind of creepy, to be honest. It's to think weird. That. Yeah, it's it reminds me a lot of the 
the sort of discussion around artificial intelligent art that's going around mm-hmm. right now and what can be created, what cannot be created. Is that art? Is it not art? Because those are with almost any metric you can measure them up against. Those are incredibly successful movies. And yet I look at them and I'm personally, I am bored because I don't see any, any risk at all. It's like, it's like football players. If they all played in bubble wrap, like entirely, you know, it's, there's nothing, no, I, I don't think it's been, Marvel probably hasn't taken like a chance since they took a chance on Iron Man and they nailed it yeah. with it. I mean, they, the point they is did to appeal some... to the broadest possible audience, taking as few as risks as they can so that they mm-hmm. don't have any issues, you know, where anyone could possibly be offended. You know, it, it's, you know, And it, then blow just... it up and make it a big enough cultural thing because you do have the power to do that uh, with, mm-hmm. with advertising and stuff. You can get your stuff on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram, and you can, you know, hire millions of fake accounts to retweet things and everything. Um, You can do that. It just doesn't, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's very boring to me. (laughs) Cause I'm like, yeah, you can, you can absolutely do that. But why would you? And of course, the answer is money. It's always money. It's money. It's success. It's yeah, they're a business. They're a business that is trying to stay in business and everything. I've just got this artsy fartsy side of me that's like, no, like somebody bleed. Come on. Somebody (laughs) just like somebody take a chance on something. Have a have the have the next Marvel movie come out and have one screenwriter's name attached to it from beginning to end. I dare you. Just a single one. Let one writer do it. You mentioned like somebody bleed. I forget where it was I heard it, but it is it was hilarious when I I realized it. Where it's like Captain America is like swinging his shield, like slashing open vehicles, you know, just destroying everything with the shield, and then he's like swinging that exact same shield at like generic bad guys, and you're supposed to pretend like he's not just crushing their skulls every time he does it. It's yeah. it's really funny, like the how it's like oh no, it, it's just knocking them out. Even though he's like, yeah, it's, it's the Batman Spider Man paradox where you're like, no, you're absolutely murdered. When you realize how fragile the human body is, like anybody yeah. that's ever gone up against Batman, uh, <laughs> has at, at the very least pain forever in their life. They will never experience another day without yeah. pain. Is that's just what happens when you get beat that badly? <laughs> and, but we somehow we shy away from that, and 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 it's only in this. I don't know, sort of almost like over the top, like the, uh, the boy sense or Hancock sense where it's like, no superheroes, you know, are, are really over the top and actually angry and bad and stuff like that. And it's like, no, we could, we could have a middle ground where it's like, it's just interesting. Like Superman yeah. is so interesting when you think about him as a person that could enslave the world, but doesn't. That 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 thing of like Superman has all the powers to make or to subjugate humanity to the point that nobody, for the most part, would do anything bad because they would be so terrified that essentially God is going to come and squish them. But he doesn't. 
And that's that's the fun thing about Superman is the restraint mm-hmm. is that, oh, but I can't. And that's that's where Superman is bleeding from. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's I, I want to see like a film where it's just a poor pe- like people just dealing with the repercussions of the superheroes. Like whatever the poor janitors are, they have to clean up after Spider-Man's webs just laying all over the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the fun stuff is taking this like everybody wants to identify with the Iron Man or the Spider-Man mm-hmm. or the Wonder Woman. Fuck, I want to identify with Wonder Woman. God damn, she's awesome. <laughs> I'm never going to be Wonder Woman. I'm going to be the guy that's hiding behind the bench as Wonder Woman is punching the real bad guy in the face. I identify with the guy hiding behind the bench. I'd like to be Wonder Woman, but I am bench dude. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, that's, I mean, heck, that's kind of, you've, yeah, you've listened to the first episode of the podcast. That's a little bit of what uh, Monty and I are trying to do with this. Uh, A little bit of background on it. The plot is sort of two aliens live aboard just a fuck off gigantic spaceship that eats entire planets by the dozen every single day. But we never really see any of that. We just see these two aliens in a tiny little office doing pencil pushy bullshit because that's that's kind of I don't know personally that's what it feels like to be me in today's world where there's all these huge things going on and I'm like and I'm feeding my cat. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of what it was called. There's a video game called Viscera Cleanup Detail. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, you know? it's yeah, you just literally like mop up crime scenes, right? Yeah, it's uh well it's it takes place in like a universe where it's like there's an alien invasion like Halo or something. And like the fighting has already occurred, you know, the, the hero has already passed through the area and killed all the bad guys. And you're the janitor basically following them up, cleaning up the bodies, all the blood and everything, like all the burn marks. And you're just going around and like cleaning up the areas again, which is a, yeah. a pretty funny concept. I actually did play that for That's a short so period of time. Good. Yeah. That's such a good turn on something. And, and video yeah. game wise, it's got such a like a fun new mechanic that's very satisfying you're cleaning uh it's almost like those different like pressure washing simulator and and stuff like that but it's also just this turn on the genre it's like if the next like somebody made like a call of duty game that had no fighting in it and almost had the mechanics of like a dating simulator where you're taking these soldiers and like rehabilitating them so that they can actually like live in society again because you just murdered (laughs) thousands of people now we got to put you back together so that you don't do soldier boy at the grocery store (laughs) yeah i don't know i always like that side of things or just the the thing you would never see in the main you know tv show or movie or game or whatever yeah and how and, and where is the honesty in that where is the humanity in that where where does that connect to my soul or my consciousness or whatever uh, sort of label you'd like to put on that you know because yeah. on honestly i think those tend to to hit you a little harder they stick with you for sure because it's it's such a stark contrast to what you get like being the the construction guy that has to fix new york city every time the avengers roll through 
Exactly. Where you're like, man, it's awesome that you're doing this. That's the weird thing about it too. Is like, you can't, you could never be upset at them because mm-hmm. they're always saving the world. Yeah. That's a, I don't know. I, I think daredevil is kind of interesting because I believe if I'm not mistaken, that he kind of just hangs out in hell's kitchen. Doesn't he? Like, I think so. I don't follow it enough to really know for sure, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and be like, I have no, no confidence in this answer, but there's at least one superhero in New York that patrols like 16 square blocks and that's it. <laughs> and that's such a good, interesting story. Cause it's like, you can actually conceptualize that. Nobody yeah. can conceive of the end of the world. Cause that's, that's the end of everything. And we can't conceive that's the worst of the existence to live in is the Marvel universe. Cause it's it, just, doomsday every other day absolutely absolutely and that's why i don't know that's why early batman was kind of fun because even though it's you know violent it like to almost like to a fault if you look back to early early batman where he's got guns and i think he like i think he had a bat guillotine at one point or it's like something crazy like that but like he is killing criminals but they're they're so human you know that's the that's the deal of it. Even 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 the big one, even the Joker is so human and not super when you get right down to it. And that's the that's the fear. That's where that's where Batman bleeds from is the fact that he's a human and everything else around him is in a perfect world human more or less. That's the problem too with some of it like with Marvel in particular where it's like you can't keep making the bad guys stronger. Cause at a certain point it's like, you can't go any further. Like I, yeah, there after was a you point, destroy the universe, what do you do? Yeah. There was a point where I looked into it. I was like, all right, I'm curious who's the strongest like person in the universe in these, in these stories. And it's like, this person can create and destroy universes at will. I'm like, all right, so that's clearly the strongest person. It's like, well, this person is said to be Stan Lee in comic book form because he can control, you know, all of the people and everything. I'm like, this is literally we're just playing a game of who can make the the strongest like monster at this point. Like it, it's just it's nonsense. Yeah, it's it's that Even kindergarten the, thing of like, does God yeah. have their own God? Right? Like you can just it's yeah, turtles exactly. all the way down, man. You can just keep going either way. It's like a reverse matryoshka doll, essentially. They just keep putting the doll into yeah. a bigger one over and over again. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And and you can always go bigger, but eventually you're just it's again i'm, I'm gonna it's just promote again it, it's what we're talking about on the podcast so much yeah. where we're like functional infinity makes things meaningless and yeah. when you realize that you realize that you are the only one that can create your own meaning mm-hmm. it's it's essentially nihilism um but not the like 16 year old boohoo nihilism but like nothing has inherent matter. So therefore the only things that matter are things that we say matter. And that gives our attention and our care for things such power. You know, my, my two cats are some of the most important things in my life. And it's because I give so much care and love and just allow them to care and love for me that same way. It's mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's it's interesting balance between upping the scale of things and then not making it uh, 
too extreme to the point where the next time is even more ridiculous. And even with like Mar- like superheroes and stuff, it's you can only suspend your disbelief so much, I guess, before it's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> exactly. And, and I think I criticize so heavily because it's something that I really fear personally. Like the, the worst, I, I think the worst thing you could say about my work, you know, throwing this out on the internet, if the internet ever wants to hurt me, it's not like your stuff is bad or I don't like it or like it's, 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 it's hurtful guns. or yeah. something. It, it's, <laughs> it's more like, eh, I don't buy it. Like no. that cuts me so deep because I believe you. If you say that to me, eh, I just, I don't buy it. There's no, there's no argument. That's not a subjective thing. It's just, that's, that's that person's truth. I, did not succeed in what I wanted to do by creating this thing that seems real because they don't buy it. And that's honest. And that that's why that's hurtful. I I think it's hilarious that we all, making fun of the like Marvel and DC stuff is almost a mainstay of the show at this point here. Uh, and then two episodes ago, um, we had a guy on Rick Ives who was an assistant editor for like some of the Marvel properties. Ooh. And I, I just remember talking to him. I was like, man, I kind of feel bad now. I've just been shitting on Marvel for like years now. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of what you do though. Right. And at the same point, you know, I have no conception that I will, I mean, nobody can ever be Marvel. Right. Mm-hmm. But like if I put my imagination into that spot, yeah, there's a little bit of like, Oh, it, it kind of sucks that I'm a big thing and everybody wants to trash me. But mm. also, I have enough money that I can buy my own island and nobody will ever it, like I can just I can pay people to make sure I never have to hear criticism again. Yeah, that's what that's why we do a podcast. You know, we're getting all that podcasting money. Exactly, exactly. You know, if there's one thing that rakes in the big bucks always, it's podcasting. Absolutely. Especially long form, slightly experimental fictional podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, that's why it's a good transition. I want to thank our sponsor tonight, the U S government. Ooh, uh, that's a good one. That'd be that. That'd be a top tier sponsor to get. If I'm that'd just be a propaganda, I don't think they have enough money to pay you, <laughs> man. That, that, can you think of a better sponsor than the U S government? I mean, that's almost anybody. <laughs> I just mean money wise. They're going to give you money. I mean, look at the, I mean, you know. theoretically they'll, they'll at least have some uh, around who, who knows if yeah. it'll be theirs to give you, but they, they will probably give you some cash from somewhere. It's a good point. Maybe I'll go with like Raytheon or Boeing. Ooh, are- there we go. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to go Maybe with like companies that. where you're just really sure that all their money is coming from a good place. I mean, that's, that's right up there. I would also throw in uh, Monsanto, possibly. They've there got a go. lot of cash to throw around for you and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or maybe yeah, oh, you should. You got to get some pharma bros on here. You got to get some pharma bros on and start getting that pharma money, man. Mm. Mm. What kind of? Maybe I just start talking about how great China is, and they just throw money my way. I don't know. It. it there's. I mean, if you're. Really, I mean, we're we're joking and everything, but if you're willing to sell your soul and shill things, people will pay you to do that. Maybe I just set up a second podcast so I don't ruin the integrity of this show. 
Yeah, just do a little bit of a voice changer thing, and then like later on, we can have this like big reveal and everything. It's like, oh my god, it was Josh all along, and then that blows up too, and everything's more popular than ever. And that could go either really well or really poorly. Where I could either be just like a, I could just pretend to be myself, essentially, where I'm selling out to the Chinese government, or I could try and it can go the other way, which goes really south very quickly, where it's like, all right, I'm gonna put on a, like a, an Asian accent. Of no real origin, and I'm just gonna sit here and pretend to be Chinese, and praising the government, and see if they give me money. That's that's yeah. where it goes south very quickly. That is where it could go south. That's like uh, that's like auditory yellow face. Like if you're gonna, <laughs> you, if you want to tank yourself and tank yourself yeah. quick, and then look back at yourself later and be like, I deserve that. That's yeah. not a bad way to go about it, really. Like it just. <laughs> Just sitting there like, oh, I love the Chinese government. It's like, yeah. And every Chinese person is like, I just, I, you know what? I don't Mm -hmm. buy it. Yeah, I don't buy it. I'm like, dang, that hurts. That hurts me. That God hurts it. Because you knew it was true. You knew it was true. Stones may break my bones, but your words will cripple me internally. They will. They really will. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was just talking with somebody about this. Uh, here, maybe maybe you can weigh in on this. I'm, I'm taking an informal I survey. I can weigh in on anything, regardless of my knowledge of it. There we go. Uh, would you rather have somebody hurt you emotionally or hurt you physically? Oh, physically. I'll get over it right Physically away. every single day. Yeah. Am I right? Oh, my God. No person is going to pick, like, I'd rather have somebody just shatter me internally. It's like, no, just punch <laughs> me in the face. Yeah, no, I, I have a high pain tolerance. I'll get over it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing of it. That's and there's no hidden weirdness and stuff. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like uh, when people have asked me before, where it's like, all right, you have to eat like the spiciest hot wings, or and I don't even let it finish. I'm like, yeah, spicy hot wings. I eat spicy food all the time. I'll be fine. There's nothing else you can put up there that's going to be better than that for me right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing too with like physical pain. And there are different levels of this too. I think I think something like chronic pain actually falls into a different category than this. Yeah. But like, yeah. The, like pain in the moment, like a spicy wing thing, or a blister, even a bad blister on the foot, or a cut for a while, or like a sore thing. You can just you can mind over matter it to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but the emotionally, it's so much more difficult. To mind over matter, anything, because you're not you're not playing in the realm of logic. You're not playing in the realm of one plus one equals two. Uh, the the emotional world, the heart world, is the place where black is literally white. They're the same thing. The emotional world is the place where you could be my greatest lover or my greatest enemy. But in reality, we're actually the same thing. It's it's very strange the the emotional world. Yeah, a lot of those would you rather's are very contingent upon, you know, you not being able to just work your way through it. Like I remember mm-hmm. being asked, like, would you rather be like handsome but morbidly obese, or you're in great shape but you're hideously ugly? I'm like, yeah, I'll take handsome and morbidly obese any day. I could just work can my work way it. out of that right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm hideously ugly, that's a huge problem. Doesn't matter how good a shape I'm in. There's no way to yeah. fix that. You know, you can do plastic surgery and stuff, but it's not going to solve the problem in the, the long run, really. 
Exactly. That's the thing where yeah. if you're like, if you're a person and you are traditionally an ugly person, mm-hmm. you have to make peace with the fact that at least most of the world is going to judge you on that appearance to an extent when you go out anywhere. Like, let's put it this way. Like you're, you could be in the perfect shape, like ideal 10 out of 10 body, whatever, but you're a horrible burn victim, right? Your exactly. entire body is just covered in like burn scars. There's no way to fix that, you know, without it. Like there's just no way to fix that perfectly. It's tough. And we, we used to have, I mean, I was, I'm any, anything I say that sounds like I'm preaching or anything, it's only because I've been as big of an asshole as anybody else. But we, you know, we used to have a word we would throw around for especially women like that. It was a butterface. Everything is attractive about her butterface. How fucking awful is that? Like how that doesn't let you do anything that doesn't treat anybody like a human that's yeah it's dehumanizing it's objectifying and yet there's still a part of that that's in me that i battle against every single day just like every other sort of like carl young shadow self thing it's the it's the it's the thing that when a a large man is walking toward you on the sidewalk a little bit of you is like i hope he doesn't hit me you know like you're just you're ready for stuff all the time and it's uh i don't know it feels both good and bad to be like man trying to work against it but holy cow you just discover when you're trying to improve yourself how much bullshit is still rattling around in your head it is weird like i never really cared as much like i know in high school people were always like paranoid like oh man i feel like i look like an idiot i'm like take what you're going through right now Every other person in this classroom is also thinking about how they, how like insecure they are. Nobody cares what everyone else is going on about in their own head right now. That's a, this is the way I always viewed it. And so it's a very good perspective. It's also a very tough perspective to have. For sure. And to be fair, I mean, there's definitely a scenario like the people that are insecure, a lot of times are the ones pointing out the flaws and everyone else to cover for their own insecurities, obviously. Exactly. I would but, say there, there's never been a time in my life where I've flashed out at somebody where I was not afraid or feeling weak or feeling embarrassed or just dealing with some some bit of me that I didn't like, that I didn't want to confront. So the mm-hmm. only thing I felt was safe to do at the time is turn it outward. Well, now, as we have come to understand, anyone that appears on this show is automatically a 10 out of 10, like an absolute Adonis, right? So now no one has to worry about it anymore. So if everyone just comes on this show, you'll be fine. Do you hear that world? If you want to be a 10 out of 10 Adonis, Dead Jester Productions podcast is where you need to be. I really appreciate that you got the name right. I've had people come on the show before and just give the complete wrong name, which is hilarious. I don't mind it, but it's hilarious. (laughs) Oh, I I pulled that from the back of my head in the moment i i, 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 I really, I really threw i really cast a wide net on that one i was like, i hope i can pick this name out <laughs> i forget what some people it's like the jester show or something is like so what some people said i'm like yep <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, like, I, i'm just here to make you feel you know have a good time i'm not gonna sit here and correct you the whole time it's fine <laughs> what's a What's something you wish more people did on your show? Like what's where, 
have you had people on and you're like, ah, I wish you would go further. I wish you would give me more of this or just like, what are, what are you looking for? I, well, I'll use you as an example. Mm-hmm. You came on and you were very like open right from the start. You were comfortable, you were relaxed, you were talkative. I, and part of, you know, I, I like that in a guest. There are people that come on that are nervous, like it's their first time appearing on a show. Um, I wish if people had something that they wanted to talk about in particular, like let's say you're coming on to promote your YouTube channel. I wish they would have stuff prepared in advance that they knew they wanted to touch on. Because there are times when I've brought people, we've had people on the show, you know, to promote a specific thing. And, uh, and then I ask them questions about it and then they don't know how to respond. And I guess yeah. some of that is just, I guess people are inexperienced with, you know, quote unquote, being on camera. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're not used to being on the live mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it's totally fine. I don't give them a hard time about it or anything. Um, but I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, you know, if you're, if you're trying to promote something, maybe figure out what it is you're trying to promote and why before putting yourself in a situation where you're promoting it. Or just take a breath and allow yourself to give a fuck about the stuff that you're doing. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be perfect with it. I've stumbled over my words a billion times on this thing so far, and I'm still really having a good time with our conversation. And I feel like it's totally fun. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, I just wish. Yeah. And and I'm not trying to throw people under the bus or anything. That's just a, a thing I notice where it's like, Oh, you know, if you want to promote something like I, whenever I do something that I'm trying to like promote a specific product or something in the back of my mind, like, like if I'm, if I were to come on like a podcast to promote like a book I've written, I'm going to have like leading the week leading up to that in the back of my mind, in the shower or whatever, I'm sitting there like, what's every possible question they could ask me about this and how would I answer it? Like, I'm just having all this running through my mind right from the start. Like I want to make sure I nail my promotion of my work as best mm-hmm. I can. Cause that's what I'm there to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that, that's the beauty I think of actually doing and participating in projects that you do care about. Like, I can yeah. talk about Ink the podcast all day long because that's been my life for the past few months. And mm-hmm. I love it so much. I think it's one of the, one of the greatest projects that I've ever been involved with, not because it's going to revolutionize the world, but because it's such a solid, good story told by such solid, good people that doesn't have a whole lot of fat on it. You know, there's not a whole lot of like extraneous nonsense that's going on and stuff you don't need. It's just, it works. And I'm excited for people to, to see it. I want their feedback. I want the positive. I want the negative. I want, yeah, I just, I just want it all. I want people to see these characters because I love these characters. I'm so in love with the character, the main two characters of Bethany and Jonas in, in very different ways. I love those two with all my heart. And, uh, it, it, it's one of those sad things where actually I'm, it, it's almost like when you get a pet and you're like, oh my God, in 15 years, this thing's going to die and I'm going to break in half. <laughs> like I'm already, part of me is upset at myself because I'm like, you're not enjoying the ride because eventually you're not going to have Bethany and Jonas with you anymore. And they, and I love them. They're, they're such good people. <laughs> I think part of it too is knowing how to draw that sort of stuff out. Like the, times we've had issues with getting information from guests we're in the early days of the podcast and i think that just 
points to me not knowing how to draw that out of the the guest, not knowing how to ask the right questions and really making them making it as easy as possible for them. Where it like it might just be me saying, "Tell me about this." You know, what's the point of this? Or you know, it's just a very short, very open ended question. Where in certain scenarios, it might be better to ask a very specific question to kind of get the ball rolling and then open it up more as we go mm-hmm. along. So it's just yeah. a trial and error sort of thing. Absolutely. There's no, there's never a script for anything like this. I mean, at the, at the barest bones, it's like every conversation, but it's also kind of professional in a sense. So this is very similar to uh, improvisation for me. It's just, instead of trying to create characters, I'm sitting here trying to improv as me, (laughs) which is, which is odd. And uh, in a strange situation that you get into where you're trying really, really hard to be yourself but also be interesting and give you a good show and give your audience something fun to listen to and also have them want to be like, Oh, that guy was interesting enough. Maybe I'll check out what he's done. Just maybe I'll give it one episode, which is really, I mean, heck that's all I ask. If you give it one episode and you don't like it, Doug, that's so cool. The fact that anybody would do that ever. I love that. (laughs) That's the, the best part of this show for me is that it's I at no point am I putting on a character. Like even when I'm like so just like literally putting on a character where I'm, you know, like doing like a bit, that's literally how I am hundred percent of the time off off camera, off, you know, the podcast or whatever. Like I constantly I'm out there in the kitchen making dinner with my girlfriend. I'm just riffing the entire time because it's just how I am. I love like telling stories and just making people laugh and entertaining people. And See, so like I it's just, feel, it's yeah, I feel like I'm, so, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to try as much as possible to talk at the exact same time you do. No, it's okay. That, that's a, uh, you know, it's also part of the learning curve that I had to try and adjust to when doing the show. It gets, it gets worse. Like you, you mentioned beforehand watching our three anniversary one, which or like mentioning it at least the four hour one that we just did mm-hmm. longest episode we've ever done. Those are hard in particular because there's a delay when we're on video on, uh, we use uh, StreamYard for that. There's a bit of a delay for, for whatever reason. A lot of people just don't have the perfect connection. Uh, I think Marlon was using his phone, which didn't help with the connection. So there's that sort of interference, but we are all ex- exhausted. It's like 1 a.m. I've been up since 4.30 a.m. the previous day <laughs> and uh, and we're all sitting there. They've been like taking edibles, drinking, whatever. And it's just, we're all just sitting there. It, we're a mess and it gets out of hand. And those episodes are meant to be way more chaotic than normal. Exactly. If you lean like, into it, it's okay. And it's a stylistic choice. If you're yeah. trying to fight it the entire time, oh my God, is that painful to listen to? Yeah. Those episodes are meant to be a chaotic mess where we just do not care. They get off the rails a lot too, as far as like the humor goes. Uh, those are the episodes in particular where it's like I have uh, Klaus on, who is like a part-time host essentially at this point for this show. Uh, he has his own show, Klaus a, Klaus a Commotion. You can check it out Ooh. on YouTube. Uh, he and his girlfriend do that. I think they're up to seven episodes now. Um, at the time of recording, by the time this episode comes out, they'll probably be up to like 12. Uh, they have him, like Marlon Hugh, and we all three of us have a very sort of, sort of similar style of humor where we don't care how dark we get. 
And the entire point is just trying to one up each other the entire time and just get as dark and offensive as possible, which is vastly different to the rest of the shows that we do. Uh, because it, like most of the time it's me just having like a general conversation with somebody. We might crack jokes and whatever, but we keep it relatively PG to PG 13. Whereas on those anniversary episodes, it's like, this is an NC 17 at best. <laughs> yeah. Where you're like, you there, there might need to be a disclaimer early on where it's like, it, at least you can say if you're complaining, you know, we warned you. <laughs> it's, it's actually funny to me looking back at them that those are the episodes we'd make videos of and upload to the YouTube because those are the ones that I can't monetize because of the content. (laughs) (laughs) But those are the ones that'll probably actually get, again, it's the, it's that dichotomy between like monetization, popularity, and Mm -hmm. just actually being a human being. And there's so many times especially nowadays and don't get me wrong i'm not one of the people that's like i hate cancel culture and the me too movement i think everything that's going along with that is doing an insane amount of good and it's bringing a lot of assholes to justice that would never have that um just a, a natural consequence of that is that you and i are sitting here and i am sort of actively Oh, not, not necessarily critiquing or censoring myself, but I'm definitely choosing my words, especially because I don't, at least for right now, I'm not trying to be offensive to either, you know, your audience or you mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's uh, especially unintentionally. If I'm offensive, mm-hmm. I want it to be very intentional because then I know exactly where I'm punching. I don't want to punch down. I don't even usually want to punch up. Uh, generally, I love I love the dark humor as well. Uh, and, and the safest way that I've found to do that is to punch in. Yeah. Um, and, and it 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 it's a little more real too. You know, I I don't want to make fun of somebody else for the issues that they have. But I do want to stand in front of a crowd with a microphone and be like, you ever look in the mirror and just want to carve away the pieces of your face that remind you of your father? Anybody? (laughs) Anybody at all? Here we go. No? No. Okay. And I'm alone. (laughs) Like, that's some dark shit. And it's not, it's only punching in. It's only saying Mm. like, hey, this is this is me. This is my problem. This is, that's what I'm trying to do, man. This is where I'm bleeding from. I want to, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm like, I, I want to see where you bleed and I want to show you where I'm bleeding. And then maybe together we can figure out a way to kind of, I don't know, close that wound or, or be okay with it. No, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Like we definitely, utilize that sort of humor we also have a lot where it's just punching outward in general (laughs) Mm -hmm. absolutely and don't get me wrong that can be fun as hell too i am not standing here as some sort of enlightened being that's like i will never make fun of anybody or cause anybody else pain no god no if you see me in traffic it is i i am four seconds away from murdering a baby so that i could make the next red light I've got no problem with that at all. Um, but it's not 
a healthy place to be in all the time. And just like we were saying before, if you're if you're constantly punching outward, you're probably trying to defend something because that's what we're doing when we're defending stuff. And I think it's really valuable. And I think it's really interesting when people are willing to stop punching outward and start showing bruises that they yeah. didn't. Yeah, that have been there for a while. That's where I get interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've got plenty of bruises for my parents. They're still there, you know. It's Absolutely, a... they 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 are. We all do. Josh, Josh, tell me where are you without as much as you want to say, Josh. Where are you bleeding from right now? What's your what's your wound? Yeah, uh, you know, it's just my my girlfriend is verbally abusive, and that's just how it is. And that's, that's just not how true. I shouldn't throw under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. It, it is an interesting uh, dynamic to see where you can, uh, how you can push the limits of like what the audience is willing to tolerate without offending like anyone in general. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Or, or doing it in a way that doesn't at least hurt somebody is the they're thing. Not, yeah. I think they're offended by it, but not because it's hurting somebody else. Exactly. Like, I think if you're like, if you're making fun of people with uh, disabilities or, or something like that, some people totally cool with that. But if you're just mm-hmm. like randomly, you know, spewing it out and everything, it's like, there's no, there's no point to it. It's the, it's, it, it goes back to the Marvel thing where it's like, you're not, you're not taking a risk with that at all because it's been done before you know that material works i want to see you talk about you because that's your actual unique perspective and that's something that when i see that i can't say i don't buy it i have to say even if i don't agree with it i buy it because you're being honest about it yeah no it's uh yeah it's a it can be a fine line at times, but uh, that's what makes it fun, I guess. That's what makes it challenging, at least, if nothing else. And that's what makes it exciting, right? There's this give yeah. and take. We never know what's going to happen next. And sometimes we fuck up and we step over the line. And holy shit, is it okay when we step over the line to go like, hey, put my hand up. I fucked up right there. Went too far. Uh, I tried for something. It was not my intent to hurt, but I did cause hurt and I caused harm. And I apologize for that. That was not my intention, but that's what happened. And I have to own that. Yeah. It is what it is sometimes. I did want to, we we kind of went off the the beaten track here, which is fine. That's what almost always happens. That's what I'm trying to do. I want to come here and just mess up your whole thing and get way more intense and personal than you ever wanted to. No, I I wanted to ask you about your writing. Absolutely. I, I also like to write. I've not published anything or put anything out there hardly at all. It's uh, it's all sitting on my desk here in front of me, half finished. Half is being generous, to be fair. It's like a one percent finished. <laughs> it's half finished if the it, one page is half finished. If the story is two pages long, man, De- depends on what it is. It's not going to be two pages, that's for sure. I have, uh, I don't know how many pages I actually have written here in front of me. Pull it out. I got my. It's it's more of a multi uh, notebook project. <laughs> I I have but, uh, many multi notebook projects. You yeah. are not alone. I promise I'm you like, that. Got my folders here. What do I got? How many I got? I got three folders. 
bunch of scrap paper. There's one notebook, second or a third notebook. It's what are you a, writing? What's your what's your style of thing? What are you trying to do? I do like I like fantasy world building in general. Ooh, yeah, you're talking my language there. Yeah, that's a. Uh, if you go back, you can read through the descriptions of the uh, the podcast oh, episodes in there. Oh, the trust story. me, I, I have, and I, I've been okay. enjoying that very much personally. I please do not take offense to this, but I, it's one of my favorite parts of what you're doing because oh, okay. that's that's the real shit. That's something that I'm like, yeah, I buy that because that's something that I'm not seeing anybody else do. It's uh, it gets out of hand sometimes. I forget what episode. It might be like the one year anniversary one, where it I had I actually cut it back and ended up splitting the episodes. Oh, do I have to go further? I'm I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh, episode fifty two. Is this what it is? Nope. <laughs> I forget which one it is, but it it just gets so out of hand because I wrote way too much. I I was like, oh, it's the you know, one year anniversary or whatever, whichever one it ended up being. Uh, I need to, you know, go all out on the description for this one. And I just wrote like paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. Oh, it's episode 100. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 12 paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it just got out of hand. I, I ended up adding that to episode 101. And uh, yeah, it, it just, I really like uh, adding that little extra story into the, uh, you know, the descriptions as like a little little bonus thing. It, I yeah. completely hear you. I yeah. For again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and 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 promote again. So I'm putting on my promoter hat. Um, mm-hmm. Back in the in the voices from the Umbra days, the post-apocalyptic sci-fi deal. It's a, uh, it, it was a podcast. Yes. But if you followed a link through the description, you mm-hmm. would open up a website that was written by some of the overarching characters in the podcast, full of different blog posts and like scientific discoveries they had made about this universe that they were discovering. And so basically just a whole nother level of stuff, but hidden behind the fact that you had to actually click into and read the description to get into it. So I think almost nobody ever saw any of that, but like three people did. And it was super fucking cool. Like uh, (laughs) we, I I would go onto Reddit in the guise of a couple of the characters and ask, you know, go go onto the ask Reddit thing and be like, Hey, how do you make a flag out of human skin? If you were going to do that, like, how would you do that? And then just let that go and kind of, you know, reply to some stuff for a while and everything. But just lay these real life little little deals for anybody that was actually going to maybe stumble upon it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like with the referring like to back to the podcast descriptions themselves, like that started out very slowly where like episode one is like, oh, our hero set out or whatever. And it's just like. It's just that it's like a one sentence thing. And then it slowly got a little bit more and more over the first couple of, ep- of episodes. And then it really got fleshed out to like, uh, I don't even remember where I left off at this point. Cause I haven't, we haven't, I don't know how many different episodes. Episode 156 just came out as of recording this on Wednesday. No. Yes. <laughs> as of Wednesday, we have episode 161, you know, recorded and, and worked on. 
So like I've, you know, this whole plot line with like a vampire going on or whatever. I have no idea where the story's going with it, to be honest. I just kind of, well, you know, it's whatever I'm feeling, just putting it out there. But what do you the think whole, you're, good. What do you think you're writing about? So the the actual characters and the storyline takes place in the same world as like the actual fiction that I write on the side, like unrelated to the, the podcast and the brand, like the fantasy world that I like, and like writing and world building that I do personally outside of the podcast and the brand, you know, I have the whole world built, I have characters design everything. And then the characters and storyline that occurs in the description of the podcast takes place in that same world, but they're not connected in any other way. It just happens to be in the same universe. Yeah, let's go. Let's go even deeper, though. Like, okay, uh, almost thematically. For instance, I, I, I had a moment of realization looking back on a lot of my writing, where uh, a lot of it was involving somebody attempting a large project involving mm-hmm. other people, and realizing that other people did not want to participate in the project. Um, a, a specific example would be a play that I wrote that's about what happens when a cult leader has a big meeting night and uh, nobody shows up to the big <laughs> meeting where they're supposed to like ruin the world. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, like, and, Tom and Cruise. I'm thinking, exactly. I'm, I'm not thinking about it <laughs> while I'm writing it and everything. I'm just yeah. writing a story about a cult leader. But then looking back on it, I'm like, no, 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 no. I was writing about my fear of trying to trying to lead something and having it all 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 fall apart for whatever reason. I was I was dealing with that stuff through my writing subconsciously. So that's kind of that's kind of what I'm what I'm asking here. What are you okay. again, it's the same thing. Where where are you bleeding from that you need to write to cover that wound, man? I'll split it into two things. The for the podcast description story, whatever you want to call it, going on. The the genesis of it is I I love the idea of having. There, I'll break it down. There's a, the characters are completely overpowered. All the drama is in like just nonsensically manufactured. So they are so overpowered that they just couldn't possibly lose. They have all these abilities and skills. At no point are they ever in real danger. And it's hilarious to me that the idea of like, how are they going to get out of this one? Oh, obviously they just, they solved the problem. They're just completely overpowered. And it's, it's funny to me to because there's no scenario I can think of in like pop culture for the most part. I'm sure there are some that I just don't know of. But like, it'd be the equivalent of like Game of Thrones. If Jon Snow just traveled around the kingdom, winning on his own single-handedly everywhere he went, just taking over the kingdom himself. That's funny to me. The idea of like this completely overpowered individual, like group of individuals, you know, in a world that's otherwise completely serious and uh, setting it in the same universe as like the, this, you know, the, the other works that I'm working on, you know, the fact that they don't interconnect at any point in time is funny that there's the idea that there's these people out there that are just, they could just take over the world at any point if they wanted, um, but they, at no point do they have any effect on anything going on in the world. That's a, that's just funny to me. It, uh, it's, think, a, it's a lot of where the humor for it, uh, the anime One Punch Man comes from, too. True, that that is true. Yeah, yeah, I, I have I've seen that. 
very, yeah, it's, it's very similar. similar. You're in good company. Yeah, it, it's similar in the sense of like they're even like the most recent uh, descriptions of a down where they're fighting this vampire. You know, there's this, the sections where it's like, oh man, like he's about to get hit, but at the last minute, he's not in danger at any point in time, essentially. And it's just, it's um, the the difficult part is keeping it organized and grounded to an extent while also making it clear that these people are just woefully overpowered. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think that's just from the, where I'm coming from with that is I, I like the idea of, you know, like with superheroes, they're strong, but they're supposed to have weaknesses and they're supposed to lose sometimes, but they end up always winning. And I think it's just me kind of mocking that in a fantasy setting. I like that. Where do you think the, where do you think the impotence comes to, to mock what what makes you want to want to just skewer them a little bit what don't you vibe with with the whole like oh the superhero has to have the weakness i think it's actually the 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 fact that they don't have any actual impact on the world is the the main selling point to me because when you see uh you know like the avengers or whatever you know obviously they're i don't want to say they're invincible but they always win in the end right Mm-hmm. Uh, it's essentially and uh you know but they're saving the world everyone's like oh the you know in in the movies and comics or whatever all the people are like oh my god the avengers saved us and this and that i love the fact that the people in our story aren't getting any credit for anything they're you know they they could save the world if they wanted to they could do all these amazing things they're not going to get credit for it nobody's ever going to know what they did i think to me it's just the i i I like the idea of, you know, I liken it to me, you know, kind of working behind the scenes on things. I don't need the credit for it. Um, But I I like knowing that I I had a, you know, a hand in creating something. I think this is just kind of taking it it to the extreme. That's Uh, it. It's slightly different in that they they actually do kind of like saving the day. And, uh, you know, they want to have credit, but they just don't. They're not getting it. That's it. That's it, my dude. That's the thing. You're if I'm if I'm putting on my psychologist hat right now, you're the fucking superhero, man. That's that's the story you're telling. I mean, the characters in it are literally us, like the the host of the show. I mean, we have one of the characters is the jester, which isn't really it's just a a fictionalized character. You know, I'm embodied like one of the characters. Uh, Kyle, who's one of the original hosts of the show, he was one of the characters. Essentially, you know that they're. Uh, mindsets are sort of based on us to an extent obviously it's wildly fictionalized and fantasized you know like placed in a different universe and stuff like that but the concepts are there yeah i think uh, cycling back then to like the uh the other work that i do the the more grounded serious version i think that's more based on like it's more serious it's darker um and i think that's just based on like uh uh, how do I want to say this? Um, think of like, uh, are you, are, do you know Skyrim, the game Skyrim? I'm sure you've heard of it at least. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It. There's like different uh, Daedric gods throughout those games. You interact with them. They all have, you have like, uh, they all have different themes to them. I forget like what the. What oh yeah, you got, you got Molog Ball, you got Nox. Yeah. They're, they're all very sort of stylistic in their own sense. Yeah, I, I forget what all the specifics are for all of them, but uh in a similar vein, it's like you have all of these uh, in the in the grand scheme of the world. It's like you have these 
borderline deities, if not actual gods. And, you know, the main characters are trying to understand why there could possibly be like so much suffering in the world. So many horrible things going on that these gods could have prevented or avoided or solved the problems if they couldn't avoid them. Um, and it's just coming to terms with like the idea of like uh, there being a higher power that just isn't intervening and the characters taking it upon themselves to solve the world's problems just because they're kind of frustrated with the way things are laid out. I think relating that back to myself then, uh, I guess based on your original question was, you know, seeing the world we live in and, you know, I'm, I'm not an atheist, but like, I, I you know, I, I think there could be a higher power or something of like that, but I've never really pursued it. Cause it's just, I'm just trying to be a good person live my life. Uh, and like, but like, um, relating that to the story is, you know, if there is a higher power, why would they let these things happen? You know, why is there so much human suffering? That sort of thing. I think that kind of weed that into the work. What are the answers that you're finding as you write? Well, that's that's the problem, which is what I originally brought up with the writing process and explaining I have all my notebooks and stuff. My work in that regard gets hung up on the actual world building as opposed to the story. Like I, I get in, I've talked, people are going to hate me for bringing it up on the podcast again, but it's what I love to talk about. Uh, I get, I go so far into the nitty gritty of things that I don't progress the story. It's me building the world as opposed to putting the characters into it and letting them roam free. Like I, you know, I, I have the, I designed the map. Uh, I reached out to an artist and had them like make it look fancy because I'm not a graphic artist. Uh, I got it back and then I laid out like this is where all the towns are. This is the geography of each region. These are the types of trees. Like this is the flora and the fauna. These are how the different regions would interact with each other. Like their trade, like this, you know, this region would have a lot of like fishing. This is how they would transport it to these regions. This is how like their economy would work. And that's where all of my time is spent is just laying out the world as opposed to the plot. (laughs) So like I had, when I originally started working on it, I had designed the characters and I'd laid out like a rough draft of like storyline And then I felt like it didn't feel like the world didn't feel lived in, if that makes sense. Where it's just like, it's just, I felt like the world was just a backdrop for these characters. Like it was, they might be lively characters in a bland world and I didn't like the feel of it. So I really went back in and have spent a ton of time fleshing out the world itself to make it feel authentic and real. How are your characters doing now in relation to the world? Do they, do they seem to fit the world or is it a thing where now you have to go back and you're like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're building one half of this at a time, it seems like. So it's like, okay, start characters, go to world, back to characters because you need characters to put in the world. It's, it's tough. It's not necessarily like a back and forth thing, like where it's a start where I'm working on the world, then the characters, then the world, then the character. It's more like it was at first. It was the characters and then, you know, then it focused on the world a lot. And then it was a blending of the two where it's like, all right, I had an idea for how I wanted the characters to, you know, to be, I had their stories fleshed out. Like I have uh, like character, uh, like charts, essentially mm-hmm. I had laid out where it's like, all right, this is their background. This is like what their motives would be and this and that, like all the nitty gritty of who they are as characters. And then it was more of polishing the edges to make it feel like, make them feel natural and working out how it would all make sense as well as feel natural. Cause if you like, if I just take a character and like, well, he's here just for the sake of the story, 
and it feels manufactured, people are going to notice that and it's going to rub them the wrong way. So I, yeah. I really wanted to make everything feel realistic and natural. And it was like, oh, that makes sense why they would do that. And their motivations would, you know, make sense for why they would be doing things like that. So it's a lot to manage. It's a very large scale considering, you know, the, the amount of time I've spent on it. But I, I like when I do some, when I work on a project like that, I like putting a ton of time into it and making it all feel authentic. Uh, Cause I think it really shines through when people, you know, read it or react to it. Anyway, <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me, let me ask you a couple of questions here. When, okay. when you have your character charts, oh yeah. When you, when you have your character charts going on, mm-hmm. do, do only good things happen to your characters? So with the, like, uh, hold on, let me, hold on, let me get out my, uh, one of my folders here. I'll, yeah, I'll basically like simplify it. Do you, do your characters have happy lives? Like, are they born happy, live happy, and then die happy with nothing bad ever happening to them in the middle? No. So like what, like I'll use, I'll, uh, there's a character named Owen, right? He, mm-hmm. uh, names may vary. I'm not, that is my biggest flaw is naming characters. Fuck names. Like a names it's, it's so difficult for me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, his whole point, the whole point of his story is his wife died in childbirth and he's lost his daughter somewhere in the world. He doesn't know if she's alive or dead or not. And like, that's his motivation, uh, is to go out and try and find her. He has like a lead and it leads us to the main character. Right. And, uh, Mm -hmm. the main character has also lost his daughter. She was kidnapped and they're on this quest to find their their family right yeah so, so you're you're oh, the god of this world you're you're absolutely yeah. in control of every single thing that mm-hmm. happens to them why the hell would you allow their kids to die man why the fuck did you do that to them yeah that goes back to the theme of you know them searching out for like why why is there so much cruelty in the world and why would these things happen if you know uh, if somebody could have prevented it Exactly. And, so uh, where, where's your answer? Why did you hurt your characters? I said, I think it, I think it relates back to like myself as a person where it's, you know, things happen to me, things have happened to people I know. And it's, it's trying to find an answer, not necessarily why it happened. Uh, but how did we react to it? How did we deal with it? How did we, uh, compartmentalize the, you know, reaction to it? Tra- trauma, maybe if there's trauma involved. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's not that's... about finding out why it happened. It's about how we've reacted and dealt with it. More there we go. Okay, see that that's yeah. a little different than what we were talking about before. That's good because that's an mm. that's an action that you can do yeah. and stuff. That's that's way more interesting because I think the the original question, why do bad things happen, is because it's interesting. Yeah. If there's a god and they let anything be alive and let it uh, suffer, it's because they want change. They want something to happen. Things don't happen unless something needs something. That's, I mean, it's like having a perfect character where they have no like flaws, you know, they never lose. It's, it's boring. They can't there. There's no story arc for them. It's like, they're always who they are. There's no character change. They're not, they don't have, you know, an art. What what was I trying to say? They, uh, there's just no, they can't progress as a person. It's just this is who they are. They're never going to move forward. Life is imperfection 
and mm -hmm. to see it any other way is both I, I i think either incredibly naive or incredibly incredibly grounded because the fact that it's imperfect is what makes it perfect uh right. the the fact that there's not a ton of people that would listen to my podcast if i just tossed it out tomorrow is the reason that I'm talking with you right now. We don't have this conversation unless both of us want something that we don't have. That desire propels life, propels humanity, propel, it, it's the foundation of our entire universe is that heat sort of dissipates into cold. Eventually we sort of try to find a balance, but it's only because we see how unbalanced the world and the universe really is. It, I don't know. It, it's part of like my process of creating characters and creating the world, making it feel lived in is how have, you know, past traumas shaped the world, you know, like there, I, I think it's, it's far more interesting to me to like drop people like the story in the, in the middle, if that makes sense, where it's like these characters have already lived lives, you know, the world might be like thousand years old. I, you know, whatever. You know, things have already happened. There's already been huge events that have occurred. You know, the some of the characters might have been involved involved in some of these massive, like, world-changing events. You know, there's a civil war, like a meteor hits, whatever, right? And it's that's something that helps flesh out the world. It, it helps provide a reason for, like, how things are the way they are. You know, there's a civil war. That's why, you know, this character, you know, his family's all gone or whatever. Like, they passed away in, this, in the middle of the war. That's why this guy that would normally not be, you know, your, your, you know, standard, you know, king might be in charge. Like he's not who you'd consider to be a normal king. You know, he's not good politically. He's just a soldier that happened to be in, you know, the general in the army. And when they won the war, he just happened, you know, they made him king. Maybe that's why he's on the throne. You know, things like that shape the world into what it is. But all of these people, that gives all of these people, you know, background. It gives them all character and it, it helps you know ex flesh out the world but it also explains the motivations of a lot of characters it kind of you know you have a few different characters and a few events can really help shape you know to put all the other pieces in place in the puzzle in in theater we call that the given circumstances uh okay. acting wise when you're doing your character work and you're figuring out who that character is you mm -hmm. can't step on stage and say your first line kind of sort of figuring out who the character is when you step yeah. on stage you have to step on stage with the entire background of that character already there or else nobody's gonna buy it that's that's absolutely yeah that's that's part of the homework. it's like that's in if you had romeo and juliet and he steps on stage and goes hello i'm romeo it, it, exactly. It's, you have the narrator at the beginning giving you all of the given circumstances. Two households, both alike in Fair Verona, where we lay our scene. Like mm -hmm. it's it's right there. That's that's the whole purpose of the, the Greek chorus of the narrator is to fill you in on that background yeah. stuff. Um, I, like it, it's weird. Like if you step into it, it's like did the world just like was the world just created a moment ago before the story started like these people are like teenagers what like what are their lives like how did they end up here like that sort of thing if you it's can bring that you don't have it. the background 
that it makes them live so much more if you can mm-hmm. see yeah the fact that Juliet is a 14 year old girl and is just like just coming into what some people might call semi-maturity I suppose, and are able to deal with these sort of like bigger concepts like romantic love and uh, family duty and, and stuff like that. If you can internalize all that into the persona of a of a fourteen year old girl that's trying that doesn't really know it, that's so much more powerful than just playing a young in love person. Because that's that's not background. That's not detail. That's not specific. That's not that's not life. Yeah, you know, like I said, that's that's where I've been kind of working on. Uh, you know, with the world I've been working on, it's just fleshing out the background of everything. Because I don't want to just drop in and have everything be nice and clean. It doesn't feel realistic that way. Where it's like, yeah, this is just everyone's position is where it is. Uh, nothing has happened yet. And now all of the major moments are going to occur right now. It's like, no, I want there to, you know, big things have occurred in the past. You know, big things will occur in the future that aren't going to be part of this story. But, you know, there are things happening now. This is just where our characters happen to be. This is how they fit into the world. And, this, you know, it's their experiences. I I really love that. And I really identify with that. And I think the greatest place that I've ever seen that done is within the Dark Souls video game series. This is so good. Yeah. It the the sheer lived-in value of those mm-hmm. worlds, the history that they have, the fact that you can just dive deeper and deeper and deeper and it just keeps going and going and going. I am so forever thankful for everybody that worked on those games for showing me that stories can do that. In that way. Even though you're the main character, you don't feel like you're the main character in the world. That makes sense. No, you, it's, like, it's very everything is happening. You're just involving yourself with it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and you sort of can understand as well that like it's only because the world has gotten so low that you mm-hmm. are so powerful. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah it's it's interesting i love i just i love the storytelling within that series it's beautiful it hits me emotionally in many many different ways and it it is a constant source of inspiration not only like oh i want to do this like that but just like to to put in the extra effort cuz they did you know to burn that mm-hmm. little bit of lean tissue to be you know, if I can't be that talented, then God damn it, I at least have to be that honest. Yeah. That actually, I think that might be my favorite game series. It's I, I love it. And I I can tell I love it because I'm not good at playing them. It takes me so I'm not I'm just not good when I beat when I finally beat Sekiro, it Oh god. The that's, final that's boss <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. The final boss <laughs> two essentially two eight to 10 hour work days where I sat down and played a two minute boss fight where I lost basically for 20 straight hours. The first time I, I ran up against yeah. the beautiful wall that is Ornstein and Smau and Dark Souls one, <laughs> that was, 
that was a month of my life off and on that was that was beating that and and the fact that i love it afterward and then it was i i look back and i'm like i i wouldn't trade it for a world i would i would fight them for an entire year to get what i have gotten from that series now it has whatever i've put into it it has repaid me over a, a thousand and one times yeah that the our twitch chat made me play Sekiro uh, I went into it like oh this will you know this is great this will be fun and I was so bad at that game for whatever reason I, I I guess my timing was just terrible I don't know it I was horrible at that game and uh, it was a brutal slug uh, all the way to the end uh, got to the final boss and then I cut my thumb uh, while cleaning a, a mixer like one of the uh, ninja blenders uh-huh uh, and so I slashed my thumb open, had to get a bunch of stitches so I couldn't play Xbox for a while. I couldn't do anything, you know, thumbstick intensive. And uh, so I, I literally had gotten to the final boss and then I couldn't finish the game. And uh, they're like, all right, well, whatever, move on. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, there, my goodness. I was That's... trying to find out if I could find it on, on Twitter. I haven't streamed in ages. Well, it's actually not true. I, I guess I streamed in August. Uh, but... Uh, Oh, I don't know if it's here. Yeah, there. I I streamed that game. They they asked me to to stream it. I was like, okay, sure. And it was just it's just brutal. I was really bad at it. Uh, a couple of the bosses took me like four hours sitting there. Just uh, yeah, I, don't, I guess it's not here. You're oh, well, no, so much better at it than I am. Just from that already. Uh, the fact that you could play it in front of people and everything. And I'm not even like. I, I am one of those people, when I was really getting into video games, I had parents that if I was frustrated with a game or like, yeah, did even a little bit like, a, oh, come on, that's not fair. It was it was time to turn off the system because mm -hmm. you obviously weren't having fun with it anymore and they didn't want to hear me doing anything like that. So now mm -hmm. I play these incredibly frustrating games and there, <laughs> there's never... There's never any rage. There's never any any tilting. It's, it, I try. Oh my god, I try to meditate so much, but <laughs> I think the the most meditative thing is that I've ever done is probably just running from the bon the first bonfire in An Orlando across mm -hmm. the marble pathway down the elevator across the bridge into the castle into the throne room die in 14 or 15 seconds <laughs> wait a minute for the load time do it again Maybe. and just without emotion without worrying about it without without even almost understanding or thinking about anything that was happening just like in the both in the moment and so completely separate from it i don't i don't know if that's meditation or dissociation but it was it was very peaceful i was gonna say i find those games very except for Sekiro. i think that might have been just because i was streaming it which gives me a different vibe when i'm playing games and streaming oh yeah uh, but like like any of the dark souls demon souls uh, when i played that one uh even elden ring I've, i'm so relaxed while playing those because it is just it's literally like a, uh, you know, practice of like memorization for me. And it's, it just, that just makes it so easy. Cause like I, 
I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm great at those games. Like there are people out there where if they were, they can just breeze through it doing, you know, nonsensical stuff that I'd never even think of. But like, I don't struggle with those games at all. At this point, I've played through them enough and I've, you know, I've just gotten so used to it. And it, yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's something about it. It's so relaxing to me. Cause it's like, all right. Uh, like I hop into, you know, I hop into it and it's like, okay, first things first, uh, I'm going to go, uh, you know, up the, you know, I'll, like in Dark Souls 1, it's like, all right, I'm going to spawn the bonfire. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and run down through the uh, the skeletons in the cemetery here, uh, get the uh, the greatsword, run back. Now I'm going to be able to go up and clear out the bridge, make sure I watch out for the rat that's running through the hallway here. And I'm just going to slowly work my way up through the, the city here. And it's like, I, it's just such a force of habit at this point. And I'm just so patient about it. I think that's what helps is that I'm a very patient person uh, most of the time. And it's just, it's just rinse and repeat. And I just, I don't know. I love those games so much. Yep. I have me too. A- and I'm, I'm at the point I'm trying to, one of my very, very sort of like long-term projects is going to be my attempt at making a, a dark souls podcast. Um, I, I would never be able to, to monetize it or anything because it would be obviously, you know, using somebody else's IP. But the mm-hmm. idea would be that there's these couple of people, my voice actor, not my voice actors, the voice actors, the vocal talent for it would be a, a couple of people in the in the Bloodborne universe that have mm-hmm. managed to tap into a little bit of Dark Souls. And they're trying to figure out the stories and the lore of Dark Souls through what they're getting uh, from their sort of like experimentations and their mental projections and everything through that. And and so when I play Dark Souls anymore, I'm so it, it's not mechanics. It's not even like a game to me. It's all, it's almost like I'm walking around a nature preserve. Yeah. Like I, I spawn at the first bonfire. Or, or even no, I spawn at the cell, right? And I and I'm looking up, and I'm like, there's, there's a hole in the cell above me that Oscar is looking down into. That had to, <laughs> that had to happen, somehow. Like that, that. Yeah. What what is the history of this? When I walk out, I mean, why? And they give it to you. That's the best part. Is like they. It's there. Is so it's there. Out. Yeah, if you're gonna look for it, it's there. But there's also enough room for you to make your own story mm-hmm. within it. What's your, what's your favorite story within like the overall dark souls story? Do you have like a, a favorite side quest or a, a favorite NPC or, or something like that? I'm trying to think about, I like for me, like Sif is pretty cool. I like the idea of like, you have the whole storyline of like, Oh, the, you know, he went on night notorious and all that. They went on their adventure and Sif is just guarding his like grave, and it's like it's his his companion. Um, I'm trying to think back of like I I can't remember. I, Dark Souls Two is my least favorite one, so I can't really remember a whole lot with that. If I'm being honest, Dark Souls Two has some great lore stuff within it, especially if you look into the Aldia Scholar of the First Sin stuff. It's very, I I think like mechanically, it, it's my least favorite to play. But there is some really, really good writing in that story. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I just, I, I played the the game a lot at the time. I remember I really liked the feature where you could just, uh, uh, oh, what was it called? You could, you could charge the bonfire and refresh the boss for that area. Yeah, I can't absolutely. With a with a bonfire aesthetic, I think. 
yeah, I just can't remember what the the feet what the, the actual mechanic is called. But I love that because you have the uh uh oh, I'm pulling it up right now. I can't remember what it was called. Got that. Ba, 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 ba. Oh man, I feel stupid for not remembering this. Oh, trust uh, me, I'm I'm the same way. I'm I'm the, thinking in the future yeah. of making a Dark Souls lore cast, and it's like I should probably was, know this. But. In the Black Gulch, you had the Rotten, which is the big blob creature, essentially, uh-huh. and you could just refresh the bonfire over and over again, and just get so many souls from him. And I remember doing that like crazy and just leveling up. That was such a good way to do it. He's good reset value in in Dark Souls too, especially the. Mm-hmm. The, like new game plus idea of going through and yeah the different red phantom enemy placement and stuff like that there's a little bit of that in dark souls 1 and dark souls 3 as well but dark souls 2 really made that a fun mechanic for replayability you there, there's got to be a lot of credit for them there yeah yeah and then like i said with sekiro i was just forever i just remember struggling with that so much i actually have the clip i'll send it to you after we're done recording of me finally beating one of the bosses after I think like six hours of playing. Oh and my god! I a lot of the chat had left, and so there's just a couple of people still in the chat, and they're just like go. They're like, "It's happening! It's happening!" <laughs> and then I was it's like, "Oh thank god!" I was here. I was here for it. <laughs> yeah, it it was the chat had died off so much because it it was I don't even remember what time. It was like the middle of the night at this point. It was like 2 or 3 a.m. We had just been grinding and grinding and everyone was gone. Um, it, think You have to keep in mind, this is like on like a Wednesday night. Because exactly. I was for, it always for, is. For lockdowns. Yeah. I, so I wasn't, at, I would never go into work the next day. So I'm just grinding away at it. And it's just like, oh my God, it's finally happening. I beat him like, yes, yes. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep now. <laughs> it's, it's finally time. But the, that elation when it finally happens. Oh yeah. my God. There's, there's nothing like it. I just, I, to this day, I don't know why I struggle so much with that game. Cause like Sekiro's it was hard, especially if you like, and you really vibe with dark souls. Sekiro so is a different. very hard game for me as well, because it, it forces you to play the game. Like it wants you to play it. Whereas yeah. dark souls, you can kind of customize it to play like you want. Yeah, Sekiro is like you're, what you're gonna do. Every yeah, there really isn't a variety of play styles in Sekiro. I mean, I, I'm there are definitely a variety of play styles, but like th- you have to tackle it. And, like you have to learn how to parry. You know, yeah, that's you're gonna. That, that's what you do. You deflect and you attack. Yeah. That's the. Yeah. Those are the two mechanics. Any single attack, pretty much, you deflect or you attack unless you see mm-hmm. some danger red kanji. Yeah, and that that was. I guess that's what I struggled with. I don't know. I just, it's, for every reason, I couldn't recognize the, because t- I think if I remember correctly, there was, you'd see like the, the thing would appear on screen, like the warning, like, oh, this is what you have to do. This is the button you have to press essentially, you know, like you'd see the, uh, the text pop up and it's like, okay, I have to parry or I have to like size up, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. if you don't react properly, you get hit. But if you do react properly, you might step on the enemy's weapon and push it in the ground and like react that way to it. And I just struggle with that. I think horribly. Yeah, it was, it's it forces you to really read those minute enemy movements where you're like, mm. is this the danger thing because it's going to be a slash, or is this the spear thing where I'm going to be able to actually use the Makiri counter and get a big bonus thing? But again, yeah, yeah if you try to Makiri counter and it's a slash, you're probably dead. 
Like that's that's the whole deal of it. It it requires so much more memorization than any other FromSoft game. I I bet if I went back and played it now, I wouldn't struggle as much. I think I think part of my attention was diverted to the chat, which didn't help. Of course, uh, I mean you're, you're trying you're to you're trying to do thirteen things at once. Yeah, I bet I'd enjoy it a lot. I mean, I enjoyed the game. Don't get me wrong. I I really loved the theme of it. Um, I thought it was really cool. The art style was really neat. Uh, just the whole like world and everything was really cool. Um, but but I bet I missed a lot just because I wasn't able to give it my full attention. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it is one of those games that really does deserve uh, whatever whatever attention you give it. You know, that's mm-hmm. the that's the that's a really beautiful thing about it. Gosh, I love those games. I love those yeah. people for putting them out. I'm so grateful for that. I, I always <laughs> thought it'd be cool. If I can ever get that Dark Souls podcast up and running and it gets mm. any sort of a following to start a Twitch channel, that's ex- it would be exclusively a charity thing. Any any donations that came into me would automatically go through to a charity. And I would want to hook it up with one of those uh, like crowd control mods. And it would basically be like, make me hate playing the game that I love. And... Mm all the money you spend from doing that goes to like a really, really good cause. Yeah. We had a, we had a specific, like a special episode. It's the only special episode we'd done. We had episode 11 with a guy named Yagami. Who's like, his whole thing was like dark souls and stuff like that. And uh, I chatted. It was, I think it was, I think my co-host Kyle might've been on that one. Uh, but then we did one. It was episode 34.5. It's the only like off episode we've ever done. Uh, where it was him and I, and I think it's like an hour and maybe two and a half hours or something. It was a long episode. Uh, I remember. And it was just us talking about dark souls and that's it. Oh. Because I was so happy to have somebody that actually like, you know, was super invested in it. Like I was. And it's I was like, incredible. In, in terms of world building. I mean, if you love world building, you got to look at, you got to look at from software. It's, mm-hmm. they are true, true masters at it. And from everything like that's, again, not to just fanboy it too much, but if you look at like one of my favorite examples of this, the thing that you can see from the farthest away in Dark Souls is your lost soul marker. I believe Mm -hmm. might be talking out of turn here, but I believe that's something that renders from the farthest away. Yeah. If you look at that in a storytelling sense, Mm-hmm. That means you never lose contact with your soul. Mm-hmm. That that your soul and the fact that you can return to the space where you lost something, regain it and move on from there is such an integral part of the Dark Souls experience, the Dark Souls theme, the fact that you can just, you're only... You only go hollow when you give up mm. is is exemplified in everything, including the mechanics that just say, hey, what's the thing that will show you even when nothing else in this universe renders the thing that you can go for and move on from the spot that you last failed? Hmm. I love it. I mean, it's so again, I'm I'm very much into the storytelling and the symbology of it and everything like that. But those are the things that make it such a beautiful, beautiful experience for me is because those are lessons that I, I don't always 
tell myself because I don't always like myself in that way. So I need to hear those things and I need to, I, I need to hear them in a way that I'm not taking them in with my ears, but I'm actually experiencing them within a system that I love to be in. Yeah, that was, that's why I like Elden Ring. I played the crap out of it. It's the only one I've ever maxed out my stats in. That's beautiful. I love, okay. I've been so busy. I'm, I'm in right in the middle of Elden Ring with like two different characters right now. And I probably play it like once or twice every two weeks. And it's I think just, I've I beaten it like four times. And oh, then one of those characters, yeah. I hit, like I said, max level, like seven, thir- I think 713. All my stats and I know is, oh my God, that game was so much fun. It's I thought just, it was a lot easier than the other ones, to be fair, too. I thought it was easier to navigate and level up because there's so many places you can just go and clear out. Well, exactly. And because if nothing else, you can just run away from kind of anything. You can yeah. that that goat horse, man, that goat <laughs> horse does a lot of good. <sighs> I I loved seeing all the people that were like not familiar with Dark Souls. Because it, they, for whatever reason, Elden Ring in particular just got a lot bigger than all the previous ones. And seeing all these people who are not familiar with like the Dark Souls style, like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I step out into the open world for the first time. Oh, here's a big golden knight on a horse. Let me go see what's going on. Oh, I'm dead. And it's like, it's just them getting frustrated by stuff like that. Or, uh, you know, white face Veron is, is right up top at the beginning and people coming out like, oh, here's an enemy and they attack him, die. And then every time they spawn back in, he's just killing them right away. And they're like, this game sucks. This game sucks. They keep attacking me. I'm like, oh man, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's the, yeah. And I've never gotten to experience being part of the community at the time Mm -hmm. that it was coming out. And people are trying to figure out what's actually going on in the story. Yeah, That's, that's, That's one reason I really, really love Elden Ring. It's the only one that I didn't come late to the party to. And so mm-hmm. when we're building up the lore and everything, it's like I got to in, I don't, you know, I'm for whatever my, my username on Reddit that I message you from is ink the podcast underscore Alex. Like I'm putting mm-hmm. out a, a public persona right here, but I also have a few other, you know, online personas that are not me. That are literally just there to be like, I think this might be a thing in Dark Souls. Or like, here's my two cents on the Elden Ring, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, I'm so I'm so happy that I just got to got to participate with the community in that. I love the I love the lore boys and the the lore girls and the lore non-binary people. I just I love the lore people that are willing to just try to figure out the freaking story of something that I love with me. It was fun for me too to like see people I know. Like, I bet I can guess how they're going to react to this game. Like, I bet this person's going to hate it because, and like, you can see it's like this person clearly loves to just feel overpowered in games because like they're mad that they can't just hack and slash their way right through this. You know, this person's annoyed that there's not a map. We're just telling them where to go because they just want a streamlined experience. Like, it's it's interesting to to have watched that unfold as well with people I know. Exactly. People, uh, my my girlfriend thought I was kind of crazy playing the game because she was, you know, very excited and everything. And I'm texting her about uh, the stuff that's going on. And and she's good enough that she's like looking up some of the background of it. 
and things like that. And she's like, okay, what are you actually trying to do? And I'm like, well, I started off with like the shittiest character you could. So I'm on hour three and the current quest is find pants. Like that's, that's the main thing that I want to do. I got out into the world and I was like, I need a pair of pants. (laughs) That was, that's uh, one of the things I was frustrated with is I couldn't find a broken straight sword in uh, Elden Ring because (laughs) one of the things we did in Dark Souls three was I did a a stream uh, where I pl- I played through Dark Souls three with the broken straight sword, and that was oh it. my god! See, you're way better. Um, you're doing challenge and, uh, runs well, and all that bullshit. I did that, and I did it on stream. And every time I died, I would take a shot of hot sauce. Oh, god. and people were getting frustrated because I beat the first like four or five bosses without dying, <laughs> and they're like this this is bullshit. What are you? You're cheating. I'm like, no, it's I'm just familiar with the game, and I wanted to do that with Elden Ring. But I didn't. They don't have a, a broken straight sword equivalent. I don't think. Yeah, it's like I need a shitty weapon. Can you give me something bad? Yeah. Like, can I have a stick? Give me a stick. Yeah. Uh, someone mentioned. I was looking it up here too. Like the torch. Maybe I could do a torch. That'd be interesting. Torch or the or the fist only. Just pump freaking punch somebody. You know. Yeah, I didn't want to do the fist. That's too annoying. It takes too long at a certain point. Oh, uh, it's so it's it's a grind for everything. Yeah, like with the broken straight sword, at least it's like, okay, well, I'm going to do some, it's going to be incredibly frustrating at a point where it's taking time, but it's not mind-numbingly long where it's like, it's literally time consuming as opposed to difficult if you're just Mm -hmm. using your fist. Because like at a certain point, it's like I've figured out how to avoid all the boss's attacks, but I'm just not doing enough damage to progress anything along. Exactly. You know all the boss's attacks. It's just, you're going to slip up unfortunately three times in a row when they're doing that one big attack for the 480th time because you've finally gotten them down to like a quarter of their health and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah that's the thing it's not it's it's a marathon deal you just got to keep that pace somehow and it's so difficult and that's why i did the broken straight sword i was like i don't want this to take forever like i want there to actually be progress happening on stream otherwise people are going to get bored i remember my my co-host kyle showing up to the stream and he joined in and I was like running through, uh, where was I at the time? I don't even, I was running through somewhere where like the chat, I had different like things in the chat. Like if they donated, uh, depending on what, the, how much they would donate, it would, I would, it would like have an action associated with it. Yeah. Someone had donated. So I had to take off all my armor. And so I'm just running around with just the, the sword, the broken straight sword. And that's it. I have nothing equipped other than that. And my co-host joins in and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, I, Meanwhile, I see everybody with a broken that- sword and your character's naked. What is going on here? I, I, if I remember correctly, I'd made my character like bright orange as well. Of to, course. As like a reference to the hot sauce. Yeah. yeah. And, and meanwhile, was- everybody that knows Dark Souls is like, oh my God, there's a naked man with a broken sword. The most powerful enemy yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, exactly. That, that was... Uh, Oh, it was it was so much fun so much fun i i'm trying to think i forget where i was at it wasn't dlc it wasn't in the dlc areas yet my brain went immediately to the depths i don't know why yeah, I, when i everything was in, uh, running around a horrible place it's the depths it was in the road of sacrifices or the cathedral Ooh, like one okay. of those areas where i'm in like the swampy area oh yeah 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 
Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a fun time. I don't think we finished it though. I think we ran out of time, and uh, then I, you know before I got a chance to go to revisit that, uh, I went back to work and wasn't able to stream as often as I wanted to. Goddamn cat. I'll do it with Elden Ring though. It'll be fun. It's do a yeah. It's oh, I just, Ring. I just love. There's something about a medium that forces you to actually be accomplished in order to progress. It makes um, me feel good, to be honest. I, I take yeah. I actually did take a lot of pride in that stream where I was like they were getting frustrated because I was succeeding so much. I was like, this is I feel good about myself right now. Absolutely. Like, in this moment, I know that I'm actually like above average in this one thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's something you should definitely take pride in. That's a great thing to be. Yeah. I forget what what point I got to and where I started. Oh, it was the, um, oh, the, the, the dancer. Oh yeah. The dancer. That's where I struggled. Cause I just couldn't do enough damage. And so I died a number of times there. I did a number of shots of hot sauce. <laughs> the, the dancer is so tough too with her, the dancer, with her the off time attacks and everything. And just yeah. the, the big sweeps, but Ooh, the, yeah. I just the couldn't do enough damage. I remember that being the problem where I was like, I'm hacking away at her, but she's killed like my allies. You know, if I've summoned other people or like, I don't remember if I summoned other people or if it was just the, uh, some, like the character summon signs out front. Um, but they died immediately. So it's focused on me specifically. And I'm just like, I, if I get hit once I'm dead, I have no armor equipped. So it's like, all right, this, this sucks. It's like, I'm, I'm level one with a broken straight sword. This is brutal. <laughs> Do you think that the the two ghosts that don't really look like other ghosts in Irithyll of the Boreal Valley are the Dancer and Vort leaving in the past? I don't know. I don't recall, yeah. if I'm being honest. The, yeah, there's two there's two sort of like ghostly specters that once you're getting up close to the pontiff, uh, you'll see them sort of like walking away from a large bonfire. And they're, they're two, I believe it's a bonfire, they're two uh, that are together, uh, oddly enough. And and I think, yeah, that's one of those little little bits and pieces oh, that people Oh, okay, I, was, I know what you're talking about now. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, 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 yeah. Since Vort and the Dancer were, were always sort of together. And even even later on, I mean, Vort and the Dancer are right across the big road from yeah. each other. No, I think you're right. I think they are the Dancer and Vort. Because it's, it's like their character models, essentially. Yeah, and it uh, and then and then you look at those, and you look at, like, how did they each transform like monstrously what does that mean for who they were what does that mean for what the pontiff wanted them to be it's like are they are they corrupted are they better what did they do they even know what they are anymore are they accepting of it like is this something that they might have even been okay with or not i there's so much speculation that you can do on stuff like that. And it just makes me so tingly and excited. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I like when people take like a medium, like dark souls or whatever, or like anything like that. And they make it their own thing where it's like, they're adding so much to it that it wasn't there originally. I'm not saying that's what I did, but like watching some of these content creators was like, yep, I'm playing the game. Here's this 
extremely creative thing I'm doing outside of it, using the game as like the backdrop essentially and just making up their own thing. Like watching, I was watching a thing, I think it was like Battlefield or something where some guy was playing Battlefield with a flute and he's yeah. like the note he plays adjusts like his sniper scope or whatever and then he like blows into it and it shoots and it's so impressive i'm like i don't even know how you thought to do that i don't know how you're literally doing it like it's it's so impressive yeah and then you start thinking of like oh my god there's such a huge portion of our population and especially mm-hmm. the gamer population with different sort of like physical disabilities that make it mm-hmm. hard for them to actually grip a controller with their hands. So it's mm-hmm. like, that's the only way that they play the game is with these different sort of like adaptive devices and stuff that has to work for them. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit, hats off to any of them. I think I love the game, but like, <laughs> I, I love it in a way that it has never hurt me. Like it would hurt them. That's Someone- there. Yeah. I was going to say, I saw one recently of somebody playing, I don't know if it was Elden Ring or Dark Souls. It was Dark Souls, one of the games in the you know series or whatever. And they were playing it on Dance Dance Revolution and a controller. And they were playing two different instances of it. So they were, they were playing you know the same game but twice at the same time. One of the games they were controlling with Dance Dance Revolution, the other with the controller. And they had to beat both. They were they had to beat both at the same time and be at the same point of the game at the same time. So it's like, oh, I'm going up against, you know, Dancer of the Boreal Valley. You have to be fighting the same boss at the same time in both instances of the game before they could move on. There and so are, it's like super interesting. There are people with such incredible amounts of talent that... It even it, it even transcends jealousy. Like I'm not a, it, I'm not. Yeah, even it really jealous. undoes every bit of accomplishment I felt I had when I was running around the broken straight sword. I was like, I'm doing pretty good, and then I see that, I'm like, I'll I'll sit back down. <laughs> but doesn't it? But doesn't it kind of relieve you of some pressure? My God, it's like oh, it lets me know that I don't. I'll never be that good, and I don't even have to try. I'm just like exactly. Oh, it's so you're just like no I'm stress. just gonna, I'm just gonna do me. Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah, but to. To see the people who can do that is, it is, it's super, super inspirational. And you're like, mm-hmm. man, I really don't want to do these dishes. Well, <laughs> yeah, Lobos Jr. completed Dark Souls like 15 times in like an hour or something he like completed, that. Like, wow. He completed Dark Souls 3 in 15 minutes by, by cleaning his dishes. <laughs> exactly. Like that's, wow. yeah, I can, I can probably get through this. There's, mm. yeah, there's. It doesn't always work, but there can be a real value to having a good perspective that only mm-hmm. comes from being like, you know what? I've experienced something incredibly difficult and or watched somebody else do it. And I kind of got the vibe. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's fascinating to see all the different things people come up with. It's it's beautiful. Can I can I radically switch uh, switch topics and ask you a, a question you might not have expected? Okay. Uh, can you give me a critique, something you did not like about Inc, the podcast, the episode that I sent to you? Can you can you be negative? What's a what's a criticism that you have of it? I want to hear it. Give me something real. Um, let me see. Admittedly, I skimmed through it. Uh, Absolutely. Hey, that, that could be right off the bat. It was not yeah. engaging enough to make me sit down and listen to the whole thing. 
that was that was not the criticism. I did that because I was at work and I wanted to try and get the you know the gist of the uh, the episode in. That's um, fair. I don't know. It's the criticism of of the show in particular. I've never been a huge fan of like, you know, radio voices. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a very very specific thing, and some people, yeah, it just hits their ear, and they're like, I just I mm, I'm I'm not really digging it. It's like. Uh, this has nothing to do with, with your show. I don't know. I have no explanation for it. Maybe it's just like a thing where it's like, I realize like if I were to put myself in the situation, I would be wildly uncomfortable. But like watching TV shows and movies where characters start singing in public awkwardly. And it, it really bothers me where like, I'm severely uncomfortable watching it. Yeah. I get, I get that, uh, the vicarious embarrassment and stuff where you're like if i was in that situation i would murder myself (laughs) it's like uh you know elf at the end of the movie elf with will ferrell oh uh, yeah you have zoe deschanel is there outside i'm trying to remember i think like santa needs more like christmas spirit to fly the sleigh or something i don't remember exactly oh yeah oh yeah they're all standing out in like the park and she just she just starts singing and i remember at the time being like oh god no (laughs) oh josh can i can i tell you a story (laughs) okay so I'm in, call it second or third year of college uh, acting mm-hmm. degree, and I get a message over winter break that somebody wants me for a little uh, cabaret performance, they were called, but like a sketchy kind of cabaret. I'm not a singer. Mm-hmm. I sing I sing like an animal being hurt um, mm-hmm. it is what happens. And the person that was directing this was so kind and just... <laughs> did not believe that I could not sing until it was too late for me not to sing. And then we had to rework almost the entire show to make it continually a joke that I could not sing yet. I was singing. Interesting. (laughs) It was brutal. Every single night I would go out there and I would have to start the show by legitimately trying to sing like an ABBA number or something like that. (laughs) And then everybody else would come on and do it better. And I would kind of fade into the background and every single audience member would laugh and love it because they thought it was a joke, but they did not know that it was not a joke. (laughs) Like I said, I don't know why it's singing in particular because like I'm not embarrassed to like bomb in public. I remember when I was in college, I had a public speaking course and the assignment, the first assignment we had was to get up in front of the class and talk to people about like what we had done over the summer. Uh, and I, I went up there and I just told a bunch of jokes instead and nobody laughed. Nobody said anything the entire time. And when I was done, nobody clapped. I just went back to my seat and it was hilarious to me. I was pro- I bet you. I, it was it, it was weird. Like, I, I was just like, I don't care if anyone laughs. I don't care if people enjoy this. I'm making myself laugh in my head. It's fine. I'll but bet like, you. When it comes felt, to like singing in public, I don't know why that bothers me so much. You probably don't feel in control of it. Are you a, are you a confident singer by chance? I'm not uncomfortable with it. I'm not, I don't, I don't know that I'm confident. Like, I, I can't sing very well. But I wouldn't, like I said, I'm not confident, but I wouldn't say like I'm embarrassed to, like, if I were to go out in the living room and sing in front of my girlfriend, I wouldn't be like, oh man, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so nervous. I don't yeah. Know. I, I, don't, I wonder I don't if there's a, 
I wonder if there's a vulnerability there that Maybe. it's just like some, something within you really does care about singing and just that like, Oh man, if you're, if you're really trying to sing well and mm-hmm. you can't it, it's painful. It really is. This is, yeah. this is as somebody that does it like every day. Like I I've gotten to the point where I, am okay with my voice being what it is. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can act a little bit and stuff. I'll never be a singer, but I'm happy to sing to my cats. I'm happy to sing to my girlfriend. I'm happy to sing a baby to sleep. You know, that, yeah. that's like totally- I said, like I'm not, I'm not a good singer, but I do it like sarcastically, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it, like we were watching uh Ted Lasso and the one character is like singing at a funeral and then slowly yeah. everyone joins in. I'm just like, man, I don't know why, but this is really bothering me. It is. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It, I would, man, if I were, I'm, I'm obvious, I'm no one to give a prescription, but holy cow, man, I would, I don't know. I want to, I want to feel what you feel. And I just want to, I want to sit there in it. For I'm not moment. exaggerating when I say this. I'm literally like clutching myself, like on the couch while watching it. Like I'm like visibly uncomfortable while like watching it. I don't know what the the issue is with it. That's so so like it's. I don't have that problem with anything else. Like there are other movies I like and TV shows we watch where like a scene will be happening that'll be and like quote unquote cringe worthy, right? And I don't have that same reaction. Like I don't get like secondhand embarrassment from like other stuff. It's literally just like singing in public, and I don't know why. Wow, that's a, that's cool though. That's such a specific deal like it's just bizarre and i don't understand it because like i said yeah. i don't i i have no like i don't put any value in my ability to sing or like to sing in public or anything like that i like if if someone asked me to sing in public i would do it and i would like be i would like make it entertaining i wouldn't be good but it'd be entertaining i feel like and i don't think i'd be uncomfortable with it but i don't know why like watching it on tv or movies like it just bothers me so much it's bizarre would you sing at a funeral if somebody asked you to and they asked you to take oh, it if they asked me to if, they, if someone asked me to i would yeah i wouldn't just start singing at a funeral that'd be rude <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's you don't want to you don't want to be that guy you don't want to be tanked yeah. up uncle josh in the back oh if you change your mind i'll be first yeah, I'm just, <laughs> what inappropriate sorry i'm just like in the back let the bodies hit the floor it's like <laughs> the most inappropriate possible song <laughs> Yeah, and I, hey, it's, it's just the weirdest a, thing. I have no explanation is. for it. That is, I like it though. My my writer brain is just like I wanna I wanna figure out why. I wanna I wanna mm-hmm. figure out your character, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I just it is. It's the one thing. It's one of the few things where I'm just like I don't, I can't wrap my head around it because logically it makes no sense. But I don't know. I've never That's been okay. in a situation like there's no like past trauma. That could relate to it. It's not like, oh, I tried singing in public once and I got embarrassed. No, never happened. Don't know. Don't know the origin of it. Don't know what happens. Mystery. We're all yes. composed of a lot of different mysteries. Yeah. I like it though. That gives you a that gives you a little bit of spice. You know, it's a it's a little <laughs> tang on the back end of Josh there. You don't yeah. it's the yeah, it's that little imperfection. It's that little blood spot. It's that 
It's that slightly crooked smile. It's that thing that makes you endearing to other people. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's like I said. I don't know. I forget what it was. Ted Lasso we watched somewhat recently, like within the last month or two, and like that's what brought back into focus. There was a couple of things we watched in a row where like that it like came into play, like a character singing in public, and it was like man, this is really a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden you're like, I, I, I'm going to get a drink. I need like, a, like if you see, if it happens, like, like if I watch elf and I see that scene, it's like, Oh, this is weird. But it like, it's just a one-off thing. And I don't think much of it. I forget what it was, but we watched like a two or three things in a row where that happened. I'm like, Oh, I, I legitimately have an issue with this for some reason. Yeah, like it became a noticeable thing. That's fun though isn't it fun to learn something like that about yourself it's interesting yeah like holy cow i never knew and yeah and then you can just like i don't know there's something interesting when you don't know why you feel something but Mm -hmm. it's also not necessarily like horrendous like it's not like i don't know why i'm depressed and i want to kill myself it's more of a little bit almost a fun thing of like when people sing in movies, I say, no, thank you. What's the thing too? Like, it's not like, like you were saying, like, it's not like a thing where you have a reaction to it where people can just like exploit it. Like if somebody comes up to me and just starts singing, I'm not going to have a reaction. I'm going to be like, what are you doing? Like, it's just, it's just whatever. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird little, little thing. But if you, okay, here, go, go with me here in your imagination okay. palace. You're at a nice dinner with your girlfriend, like a, a pretty, a pretty good restaurant. The waiters are wearing ties, you know, something like that. And in the middle of your dinner, somebody across the dining room stands up and starts singing like an intense happy birthday to somebody else. Mm hmm. And is trying to get other people to kind of do it. Mm-hmm. And nobody is. And they're not really doing well. And you're sort of realizing that they're not really doing well. But mm-hmm. you don't know if they realize that they're not really doing well. That's the thing that fucks me. Like I what can is see that? it in their eyes that they're they're yeah. desperately looking around, like hoping someone will, you know, help them out here, but nobody's biting. Yeah, exactly. Does that yeah. fuck with you? No, no, I'll just be like, man, that's kind of embarrassing. I hope they hope they make it through it. I feel bad for them. I'm not making fun of them. I'm just like, ah, that's that sucks. Wow. It's so specific. You're a mystery. I like it. Yeah. Like in that like in that scenario, I'll feel bad if here's the thing. If they're if it's just them singing to like the person and they're not looking for help, I'm actually probably more annoyed than anything because they're disturbing my dinner. Mm -hmm. But if they're actively trying to involve other people in it. I, I don't feel annoyed by it because they're trying to involve other people with it. It's, it feels less selfish almost, which is weird because it's in reality, it's probably more selfish to try and force other people to join in with your event that you've got going on. Yeah. But it is that like, let's all share this at once too. Mm -hmm. Ah, there's good intention. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's literally is specifically to like TVs and, and movies. I don't know why. I don't know. You should, you should probably seek very, very deep help. I, I think you're an incredible. I should probably seek help for other reasons in life. Not just. Doug, we all, we all need <laughs> therapy. That's, 
just a real true thing. We all need somebody we can go to that knows a little bit more about the brain than we do. And we can say, here's the shit I'm dealing with. Man, can you imagine if I just took this opportunity to drop like a horrible, like truth bomb where it's just like, actually my entire family was killed while I was singing at a birthday party. (laughs) Well, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. In fact, Oh, it just ruins the entire ending of the podcast. Really? Like, oh, Are you shitting me? We got to drop a bombshell like that yeah. at the end? No. You're Let me just make everyone understand how depressed I am. It's like, Exactly. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the, the reason, going back a tiny bit, that I asked for a uh, a critique of something is that I don't think I believe anybody who would give a compliment uh, like you again, I'm, I'm coming on here in, in part to promote something. And so you're mm-hmm. being very nice about it and being like, yes, this uh, like awesome new show, whatever like that. But I don't yeah, going back to earlier. I don't buy it unless there's also a little bit of a blood spot to it. I know mm-hmm. you didn't like a hundred percent of it. So unless you can tell me something that you dislike as well, it's difficult for me to believe any sort of like. It seems disingenuous goodness. at a point. It, it does. It, it seems like somebody hasn't thought about it's, it very. You're almost way. brushing it aside, like that. That'd be like if I was sitting here laying out my entire like storyline or whatever, like my fantasy world I'm building. And you're like, and I was like, what do you think? And you'd be like, I think that's really neat. You should keep working on it. It's like, from my perspective, it would be like, oh, he didn't listen to anything I said. He just moved it aside. He doesn't care. Exactly. And, but if you can actually, if you can engage with something enough to find something that you don't agree with within it and you can talk about it, I'll maybe, maybe it's even going back to the the real beginning of this where it's another thing where I'm like the, the relationship that I have with, uh, with the audience is very similar to the relationship that I want to have with the people I'm working on the show with, which is, it's not about the ego of the people involved. It's about the show. So if I want to talk about the show with people, I want to talk about the show and I don't want to have them uh, holding back or hedging their bets because all of a sudden, like I might be offended or, or I might be hurt by something they say. I want the, the honesty about it because I love the show more than I love my own ego within it. You know, as untrue as that can be in in other times in a in a perfect world that's that's the goal of it it is yeah, you mentioned like the audience stuff too it is interesting to see like based on the location of the content the type of audience interaction you have as well like if you on like youtube or whatever or just through the podcast you might have or like writing if people are reading it and messaging you on twitter or whatever it's interesting to see like the different reactions you have like for us our Twitch chat, they were, they would pick on me and make fun of me, but it's like, it's all in jest. Like we all, we're all in on the joke together. And mm-hmm. at the same time, they're super supportive and informative. Like Sekiro, I was terrible at the game. They would make fun of me for it, but they're, th- the entire chat is there formulating ideas in real time on how to help me succeed in the game, which is the coolest part of the entire experience for me. You know, so it's like, I'm getting made fun of, but it's, it's, all fun but they're super helpful then yeah, we have like the youtube chat being better yeah yeah we have the youtube chat who is just 
they're like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, they're almost degrading me. And I'm like, whatever. See, uh, I'm, I'm lucky in a sense that none of my stuff has ever had a, a huge enough reach that I've gotten, uh, yeah, any any sort of like hatred or, or anything mm-hmm. from that, from the internet. I'm prepped for it, I, I think, as much as one can be. But I've had such positive experiences with the the few people that really did want to in, engage with my work. Again, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those incredibly humbling experiences where you're like, man, I rolled the dice on the internet <laughs> and I got like six really, really cool people who are mm-hmm. also super chill and like, I, they're just, it, it's just been very, very lucky in that sense. But even yeah. that when it comes with pitfalls. I was, again, for uh, Voices from the Umbra, I was... Any, any interactions I had with an audience were in character as one of the characters from the show. Mm-hmm. And I can remember at the end, there was a Reddit thread that was just starting that was discussing the finale and, and sort of trying to almost like you would do with the dark souls thing. I'm going to, I'm going to attach myself to that. Uh, even though I don't deserve it, the, just trying to figure out the storyline, what happened? There were these secrets. What did people pick up on? And stuff like that. What do we think all these characters have had happen to them? It seems like there's a big storyline through it all. And then I popped in in character being like, we're still here. We're still watching. We're still waiting. If you have questions, you can ask me. Yeah. And nobody did. And the thread <laughs> went nowhere. Because all of a sudden it wasn't them talking and discussing it anymore. I had come in and completely unintentionally shit on their entire party <laughs> by by giving them the one thing they didn't actually want which was the quote-unquote right answer to something yeah. no nobody nobody needed to actually talk with each other anymore because anybody that quote-unquote wanted to could just chat with me about it mm-hmm. but guess what nobody wanted to just chat with me about it they wanted to talk with each other about it yeah that's that's the closest thing to even like a, a negative experience I've had. And it's all it was, it was all just my own sort of naivete <laughs> of like my ego deserves to be in this situation, too. I'm sure the thing that they want most of all is to talk to me. No, it, it wasn't. They wanted to discuss the work. They wanted to discuss the show. And and that was a very it's, good. It's more fun coming up with your own ending anyway, I would feel like for some of them where it's like yeah. I can. I can come up with this and it's like you can never come up with an ending as good as what the audience is going to come up with for themselves. Right. I think I've heard that. I think that's how it's phrased a lot of times where it's like you can come up with an ending. It's not going to please everyone, but if you leave it open-ended, they will all come up with the best possible ending that they can think of for themselves to enjoy. Yeah. I I would add a little bit onto that. I think you have to have, I think it, I think it's good. You have to know how to end your story uh, mm-hmm. through voices from the Umbra. I had a very specific story that I was telling and it was very muddled and very confusing outside of it. But like in my, again, in my own notebooks, I know exactly where every character was exactly how everything connects with each other. Um, I know, I know all the secrets and that's why it's boring to me. They, I, I was able to finish it well so that it made sense. It's boring to me now 
it's exciting to them because it was finished well and it did make sense, but that didn't give them the whole picture. So there was still a little bit more to go on for the time that they wanted to. Yeah. I don't want to make it seem like I had a negative, like our whole, like as a whole, my experience, like dealing with our entire brand has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, My favorite interaction has been like direct messages I get from like people listening to the podcast because the podcast is really where we go off the rails the most, like our YouTube content, which I have not been focusing on that much at all. It's not where my priority is. Uh, that is more like organized. And it's like, this is the exact clip I want to present to people. This is exactly like, you know, how I want it to, you know, be organized for people to watch. It's edited down like exactly how I want it to be. So there's not a whole lot to fuss about, so to speak. You know, with the Twitch stream, it's very laid back and it's obviously a lot more long form and it's more just conversational with the chat. So they, I can, it's harder to be confrontational about it in that regard. So it's Mm -hmm. me just like listening to the chat more so than them listening to me. And then, so we get to the podcast and it's like me and the guests having conversation. And so often we go off the rails, especially on the, you know, the anniversary episodes. And then there are certain times we have guests on that have specific topics they like talking about that might be controversial. And I just riff with them about it because, you know, it's what my job is here. And uh, the amount of times I've gotten like messages from people being like, I can't believe, you know, you let this person talk about that or whatever. You know, I can't believe like they, you know, you made this joke or whatever. You know, I'm, my response every time is I have, a, you know, three years worth of podcasts out. We've recorded 160 episodes at this point. If, you know, if you're offended by it, I'm sorry, uh, but I'm not changing anything. Uh, also, if you're, if you've gotten through 160 episodes and you've just now been offended by something, you clearly have not listened to the previous episodes. It's like, like it's yeah, not like I'm that, breaking new ground here. There's that, yeah, there's that weird bit of like, I don't know. I feel like people are so much more quick to send a negative message online than a positive one of support. I feel and like people don't get like any, they don't get any fulfill, sense of fulfillment out of sending a positive message. Like if yes. I go to like, if I listen to a podcast and it's like, Oh, I enjoyed that. I'm not gonna be like, Oh, Hey, I really enjoyed your podcast. I don't get anything out of that. But if I complain to them, it's like, I want the, I want them to know that I'm upset about this. Yes, you know, it's, yes. it's a stronger exactly- emotion. That's exactly right. And that's uh, that, that goes into something that I'm really glad about, which is there were two specific people. I don't know if they want me to like name them. So I'll, I'm going to say vaguely, there was one person on Reddit and there was one person on Facebook who specifically like took the time to really sort of like reach in and be like, hey, I really like what you're doing. Um, they blew open, like they blew past the fiction of it and found Mm. quote unquote me behind it. And we're like, Hey, I see you and what you're doing with this. And, uh, I, I remembered that because it's the first, I mean, odd. I I think they're the first quote unquote, if if I'm not tooting my own horn too much, they're the first like fans I've ever Mm. had. And so when we were getting ready to release this, I had their names in a, in a book. And along with uh, uh, people like you who are, who are being kind enough to let us do promotional stuff, 
we also reached out to them and we're like, Hey, like, it's really cool that you did what you did. Here's the first couple episodes of this thing before a month before anybody else gets to hear it. Um, please don't spread it around or whatever, but like, we just mm -hmm. wanted you to have something for that because it is, it is really appreciated. I think about yeah. those things all the time. It, if they, if there's one thing I could say to gosh, that the people that are listening here, if you like something, especially if it's small, just that, that 30 seconds to be like, Hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Oh my gosh. I could, I would, I wouldn't be able to quote unquote live off of it, but I could artistically live off of stuff like that while working, you know, a, a dead end job because mm -hmm. that is, that really does make a huge difference to those creators of stuff that you like. I, yeah, I, I think about those people all the time. Yeah. I mean, we have, I, we had the, we don't have a large community, uh, especially when I was just doing the Twitch streaming for the most part, we had, I mean, we had a good number of viewers, but we didn't, they weren't community. If that makes sense. Like they mm -hmm. weren't repeat viewers, things like that. We had a number of people that were repeat viewers that were very dedicated and I could not thank them enough. We had a, one of them was named she, she's very nice. She did all like the artwork for us. Uh, she did like all the emotes. Uh, she did like the, uh, uh, like my Twitter icon, stuff like that. Like a lot of the specific like pixel style artwork, that's all from her. And I, I kept trying to be like, I need to pay you for this. Like, I, I was like, you shouldn't have to do this for free. And she's like, no, no, no. Uh, you don't have to pay me anything. I was like, I, I felt bad almost. I was like, I, so I, my thing was, I would just try and promote her and set her up with other people to, that would pay her and everything like that. Mm -hmm. That's um, yeah. Sometimes that's the, that's the thing that you have to do. Yeah. It's, I will it's, weird to take on that thing of like, man, I, I did something that made somebody else happy enough that they want to give me something that feels fucking mm. weird. Right. It's strange. Yeah. I will say I do enjoy the, my favorite email I ever got. Cause we have like the form submission on the website where people can contact me and mm -hmm. it just goes to an email directly to me that I can read. And, uh, if anyone's listening, wants to message me, just Josh at deadjesterproductions.live. Just email me there. It's uh my favorite email I ever got was it was just it just said this is word for word it said hello, I just wanted to let you know I'm very disappointed, and that was it. That was the whole email. <laughs> I I didn't respond. I didn't respond because I didn't want an answer. I was just like that's too funny. I'm gonna I'm just gonna leave this go. Yeah, that's that rocks. Because you don't even know if it's about you. They could have just been disappointed with them, with whatever was going on. Yeah. They just had to talk to you. That was back when we were. I was streaming, so I don't know if it was something with the stream or with the podcast or the YouTube. I have no idea. But they're like, I just want to let you know I'm really disappointed. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, can, any, I can't. Do any with response that. you give me if I ask I you why you're disappointed is not going to be funny enough for me to have appreciated the follow up. I'm just going to no. let this go. If they follow up on their own, that's fine. But it was, I don't know. I got a real kick out of it at the time. So no, anyone else that wants to follow up with very ambiguous complaints, please, by all means, email me. Josh at deadjustproductions.live. Ambiguous complaints are the greatest ones to get because you can just ignore all of them. I can't believe you've done this. What did I do? Hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I am, I am hmm. very upset. That sounds good. That sounds currently like a you problem. If you can be specific, we'll talk about it when it involves me. But if you're just upset, I hope you're not in the future. 
Anyway, I should probably wrap up here. It's 9.30. I'm hungry for dinner. Um, oh, you haven't even eaten yet. Holy cow, I'm keeping you yeah. from the from the good yeah, stuff, from the life itself. How long? Yeah, we've almost yeah. been going two and a half hours. Holy yeah, cow. Get home a little late, take care of my dog first and foremost, and then uh, Damn follow up straight. with That's the way sleeping. to do it. Pets first every single day. I love that. Yeah. Animals over people. Always. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But thank you so much. I had a real blast. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, uh, I, I had a real blast uh, talking to you as well. Would you mind if I took just like 15 seconds to give a brief overview of what uh, what Hank the Podcast is? So your audience say, can check it out? Take, take the time you need. Plug all your stuff. Explain Perfect. everything away. Thank you so much. Um, let me get into, hold on, business mode here. <laughs> yeah, put your game face on. You got Yeah, this. there we go. <clears throat> Ink the Podcast tells the story of two aliens, Bethany and Jonas, who live in a massive starship that incorporates entire planets by the dozen. These two aliens never see any of that. They are stuck in the bowels of the ship in the General Data Acquisition and Storage Department. Their job is to essentially categorize any and all data that they might get from that planet. How many tons of rock is on it? How many living beings were on it? Uh, Basic stuff like that to more intense stuff like, oh, all of a sudden there's a story here. We can't use that. We can't categorize it, but we like it. There's this weird sci-fi sort of thing that's happening. Maybe it's a planet where there's just one tree on an island that's been there since life first started on the planet. It's the oldest living thing that these people have ever come across in the entire universe. And they incorporated it. And Bethany and Jonas are the only ones that know about that tree now. And that's how they get through the day by adding stories like that to a folder they call the extraneous but interesting folder. It's a sci-fi, dark-ish comedy in the vein of something like The Odd Couple meets The Office meets Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy (laughs) with maybe a little touch of the amazing show uh, Severance thrown in there as well. Um, it'll be available on January 16th, uh, every, coming out every other Monday for the foreseeable future. And we're, we're very excited to have you all join us for the first shift. Awesome. Where can people go to check everything out? People can go to inkthepodcast.buzzsprout.com to find any sort of like links to our socials and stuff like that. On all of our socials, we are Ink the Podcast, I-N-C the Podcast, all lowercase, all the time. And our podcast will be available, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any sort of podcast streaming services you could want. Um, if, if you'd like to check out anything more that I've done personally, like Voices from the Umbra or anything like that, I have a rep- website, writingwolf.com, wolf spelled with an E at the end, just like my last name. Uh, where you can find links to any sort of other projects that I've been involved with, uh, as well as access to the other people that I've been working with too. Awesome. And all the links will be in the description as well. So it'll be nice and easy for people to click through. 
that's perfect. Now I just got to actually send them over to you and do my job here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also have to sit down and edit the podcast for me, right? That's, that's exactly that. That's like all of it. That's yeah. just, that's why I never made a single mistake or miss, uh, missed a word or anything like that in this entire two and a half hours. I just didn't want to do any extra work. So I thank you for being perfect. Cause I was sure working hard at it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it's weird. People aren't even going to realize we've been recording for six and a half hours. You just trimmed it down that much. It is really incredible. Um, we went on a lot of rants. We got involved with a lot of different government agencies. I think at one point we started a foot fetish website. There's a lot of stuff that probably won't make it into the end edit, but that whole I Scientology people, rant you went on was pretty interesting. I just, I know nobody would expect me to be for it, but I really I was. Know. I really go That's hard crazy. in the paint for Scientology. I had no idea you knew Tom Cruise. It was incredible. I had you, no idea you didn't know I knew Tom Cruise. He's one of the actors in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> find, find out which one when Inc. the podcast premieres on January 16th. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. And, uh, you guys can all go check out dead just productions. Live. Uh, links to all of our stuff on there. Check out our sponsors, G 95 apparel and Surfshark. Fantastic sponsors. I love them both. Uh, there are new ones as of, I guess it was, <laughs> I say they're new. Uh, I think we, we signed them up around the, uh, for the three year anniversary episode. So that was, uh, what? Or six weeks ago is at the time this episode comes out. Something like that. So, they're not new, new anymore, enough. New enough to still be shiny, shiny sponsors. Serve a little sure. bit of attention, and they deserve your listeners going to check them out because they're helping you put out awesome content like this for them. So it's a little bit of good back and forth that happens. It's they're fantastic. Can't thank them enough. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I had an absolute blast. Thank you so much for having me and for facilitating a two and a half hour discussion that was cut down from seven to eight hours of, you know, mind numbing entertainment. It's just, it's been a, it's been a blast and a half this evening. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, I, it sucks that we had to cut the entirety of Denzel Washington's appearance, but you know, it is what it is. Maybe I'll Denzel does not like to do a lot of publicity when he's not specifically promoting a, a movie. You know, the fact that we're friends is... It's not a secret. It's just not really out there. Neither of us really wants to use the other one for content like that. You know, it, it's it's more of a it's more of a homey, down to earth feeling between the two of us. So, yeah, Maybe I do know I do know that David. he really does like you though. So I, I appreciate you two you two's we conversation. Well. I was taking yeah. a break. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, awesome! Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Had a great time. Thank you to everyone for listening. This has been episode 162 of the Deadest Productions podcast. We'll see you all next time. Bye.